0: Welcome to season two, episode 13. This is episode 37 for us. And I want to go back to the last episode real fast before I begin. Just give a shout out to Chris, one of my great co hosts who's here with us, of course. But Chris, I want to tell you how close you are. When you first predicted that Tom would come back, you predicted it by episode 33, and it was episode 36. Oh, wow. So you're almost, you're almost spot on. <laughs> uh, it's just, you were, you were, Super close. So wait, I wait. I meant to mention that.
1: But his yeah, math was I, I... good because we had that like intro episode and then the two prologues and maybe he just didn't factor that in. So technically he was probably. He might like,
0: have been. He yeah,
1: he scared. might have been right on.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> the <That's exactly laughs> <what> man.
0: <I'm... laughs> so... <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, uh, like I said, that's pretty that's pretty darn close. So. um Pretty cool. Um, now, we don't have any other, I think, book predictions coming up anytime soon uh, as far as people coming back. Everybody's here and everybody's back um, for now. Oh, maybe. Really? <laughs>
1: we'll see.
2: <laughs> but except, sure. except
0: for sure.
1: Tam. I always thought Tam would like catch up to them. And I guess I never really put a book I on it. But I, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Knowing a little bit of his backstory, that he's not running to catch up or something. We, we could talk about that later. I'm sure he'll come up again.
0: Yeah. I agree. Okay. Yeah. Well, we, we might be able to put a prediction on Tam at some point um, if you guys want to. But before we get any further into actual little time talk, or at least the book talk, let's talk about some of the housekeeping stuff. So we do have one new patron. So he's actually listened to us live for the first time. That's, uh, or at least the first time as a patron. I'm not sure if he did. On Sometimes we open up to everyone. That's Gentle Giant. Um, so thank you so much uh, for becoming a patron. We appreciate it so much and love all of our patrons so much and always have to give shout-outs to them. Because uh, you help us keep this thing going and basically just for giveaways. That's that's what your money goes to right now. Because we, we're not really saving any money. Uh, one day we will. Um, I keep on saying that, but yeah. We'll see. We're, uh, we're going to go to Vegas
1: <laughs> and put it all on black and let it ride a few times and see what happens.
0: Yeah, and then, and then we might build up for some stuff. <laughs> but, uh, or maybe I just need to stop giving away stuff, but I like giving away stuff. So, um, but no giveaways yet because we're not too many milestones or, uh, or have enough money to make account for that because I just gave away a bunch of stuff. So we'll do that next month. Next month we will. Um, and as far as everything else, no major milestones. And listeners, we're still hovering between eighteen and nineteen thousand downloads. Uh, get a lot new new listeners, which is always fun. Um, and then as far as Twitter followers, we're still marching towards that thousand number. We're over eight fifty now, closer to nine hundred. So we're we're getting there. It ticks up every day, every week. So a few weeks will be a thousand. Maybe a few months, we'll see. Um, but yeah, um, as far as merchandise goes, we do have a new t-shirt design. I talked about that last time it was submitted to our, uh, our merch store to be put on everything. It has not hit the store yet, but any day now it should be, we'll see. I've not heard anything yet, but it's been submitted. Um, so look for our new t-shirt soon. It's, um, it's going to be the floaties t-shirt. So it's, uh, grab your floaties. And has a cartoon version of All of Us, which is pretty awesome. It's a really cool looking picture. Thank you, Tree Hugger, so much for designing Agreed. it. It looks Thank awesome. You. Yeah. Yeah, very it cool. looks amazing. So I'm um, very, very happy about that. Um, as far as anything else, one thing I did want to say a somber and happy note at the same time. I'll start the somber and then the happy and then go into personal life. But the, on a somber note, I do have to mention that tomorrow is a big day in the Wheel of Time community. It is the 13th anniversary of the passing of Robert Jordan. Mr. James Rigney was his real name. Um, Robert Jordan was his pen name. Um, so Tyshar Rigney, um, it means, uh, you know, we wouldn't be into this podcast if he had not had written this book and had not lived to do this. So, um, it 's the anniversary of his passing, uh, but with the on the more lighter note, it also is the one year anniversary since the show started filming, so they decided to start sh- filming on the anniversary of his passing so it 's been one year since they started filming so that 's a kind of a happy yay they 're still filming today, so um, at least as far as i know they 're filming as of right now because they started i think a week ago back up since covid and should be filming till December or something like that so so yeah, so that's a happy note that, that the TV show is celebrating one year of principal photography. Um, as far as personal life goes, um, not a whole lot. I went to a brewery a brewery last weekend with uh, one of my high school friends. Ian was supposed to come, but he decided to cut down a tree or something like that. Um, so he didn't make it. My bad. Uh, but but yeah, it's okay. But we went out, uh, had a few a uh, few beers with a good high school friend of mine. Um, it was fun just to get back out uh you know at a brewery. We were, we we're we were in an open field outside the brewery, so it wasn't really we weren't in the brewery. So uh, very, very social distanced. Um and then as far as things coming up, uh we are going to the beach in a few weeks. We always go off season, so that's gonna be fun. And then we're going to apple picking in a few weeks. So there will be a couple, couple cool things coming up as far as personal life, but, um, yeah, that's about it for me. How about you guys? Uh,
1: I don't have anything too exciting. Just been working, working, working. Um, but Alan got me a little depressed and down that we weren't giving something away. So Alan pick a number one through 14. Okay. You can say it out loud. Can we take them? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's go three. Chris, pick a number one through
3: 14.
1: Tim. Okay. So from the top, we have one, two, three. So Gentle Giant. And then Nerdy Kitty. You okay. guys, You guys get a, a, a T-shirt out of our store of your choosing on me. Bam. Wow, that's
3: awesome. Wow. Uh, right.
1: Thank you. See, it does, does pay your page sometimes. So well I I didn't include you guys in there. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just went with me <laughs> live chat right now. Awesome. So
0: yeah. So Gentle Giant and Nerdy this Kitty. Let's get a, a patron.
3: So
1: Yeah. That's, well yeah, Alan Alan true. Gentle Giant. You were the number three. Nerdy Kitty, you were you were number ten on the well, at least how it shows up on my Discord. So, boom. Okay. Here you go. Cool. I want to help work out the details, oh, nitty. So. It's not, it's not I kitty. Like nerdy.
3: It's nerdy nit, uh-huh. nitty.
1: Nerdy kitty. It's nitty. I like the uh-huh.
3: nerdy kitties,
1: yeah. but... And I'm totally yeah, sober, yeah, and I still nitty. couldn't read so, that. That's it.
0: Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Well, so we'll get with you guys. Uh, Ian will figure that out. Um, and we'll send out t-shirts. Cool. Hey. Awesome. That's all I got. That sounds like fun. All right. So... Yeah, so we do give giveaways, even when we're not doing giveaway. So that's another reason why you should become a patron. You might randomly get in and give you free T-shirts. Uh, <laughs>
3: so, um, yeah, awesome. So, Chris, what about personal life for you? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a loaded question. Per the usual, Chris has a lot of <laughs> shit going on. But to be fair, I'm trying. I'm actually scaling back. Believe it or not, like I got a little overwhelmed, and I was like, I've got to start figuring some stuff out. Like. School has started, and I am teaching curriculum this week, which is actually really fun and invigorating and just excites me to be doing that, and in starting the curriculum portion of teaching and actually Zooming with the kids and watching them learn, because literally I can watch them do questions and stuff in live action, and I can see them getting the stuff right. Like I'm like, I got to give more time to my classroom. I got to give more time to what I'm doing here, because this is important, because this is our future, and these kids are actually engaged, so I catch myself spending like 10 hours to 12 hours a day at work, which is not healthy for anything, but the fact that the kids are successful. Um, <laughs> um, that being said, um, I've had to scale back some of the part-time stuff. I'm also working on the second master's degree now, um, which is kind of boring to be honest with you. So I catch myself falling behind on assignments because they're not even zooming with us or anything. they're just like throwing assignments at us and then putting random due dates. So I'm like, ah, fuck it. I'll get it to it when I get to it. Um, and I have been working through it, but it's again, super easy. So that makes it even more boring when I don't get to communicate with people and the assignments are bullshit. But um and then the the cool thing, though, is this past weekend, my friend Alan Hinton, a different Alan, had his 35th birthday celebration, so I went to Charlotte, and you all know that my, my new favorite person in the world, Chanel, is in Charlotte, so I got to spend time with her, and I actually met her parents, and that went really well, so maybe we'll do an episode and we'll talk about meeting the parents, because she met my family the week prior, so very interesting interactions to be honest with you um, uh, meet the parents bonus episode i like
0: it
2: so maybe during
0: <laughs> maybe during that a bonus episode for our patrons i'll also tell you my 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 charlotte why i got banned from charlotte story yeah, uh, awesome, so we we could do a whole entire charlotte uh charlotte episode for uh <laughs> for our patrons that'd be fun um so, fun times um Oh, cool. Sounds like things are busy as always, if not less busy. But yeah, cool. Um, and we do plan on doing some more bonus episodes for our patrons soon. I think this weekend we're going to try to do it. So I know what are doing do last month. We'll get it out there. Uh, we've just been busy. Surprised. Um, <laughs> anyway, so without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and move right into our predictions from last week. And then throw in one that's an old prediction that we had that's haven't brought up in a while. It doesn't really pertain to this these chapters per se. I just kind of want to re- revisit some of these and see if it's still something you guys think is still true. So with that being said, so from last week, uh, one of the predictions we had was that Boyle did something bad or stole something, and that's why he's being nervous about being out of the setting. Um, that was a prediction. Uh, another prediction was that uh, Randy's needs to be more careful doing Days to Mar, that it's gonna end up biting him in the ass if he's not if he just keeps on burning shit, which I think was a pretty Yeah pretty pretty softball prediction. But yeah, it's uh it's it's <laughs> but yeah, it's there. Um Randy's be careful. Um Ian predict that he's actually Sean Chan, because Sean means Ian. So um I uh we'll can talk more about that we it's pretty true.
1: As of the chapter. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, so we get to that chapter. Uh we'll we'll, we'll talk more about the Sean Chan, uh, that's coming up. Um and then the last one, which is an older prediction, kind of bring it back, uh, um, that Matt's power, because we talked about parents' power being a wolf and that Rand's the dragon, but what's Matt's power? And Ian predicted a while back that Ian, or Matt's power is that he's the wild card, yeah, and, and that's his, his magic power. is He's just, <laughs> he's just a wild card. So uh, I don't know if you guys still think that's true or not, but we'll um, uh, see. Um, he, he shows up again, again in this, these chapters a little bit.
1: Yeah. I, I like yeah. all of them. Yeah. I, I still feel good about them. Yeah. yeah. Sounds good. So let's
0: jump right in. Chapter 27, The Shadow in the Night. It's a very eerie or our, our scary-sounding chapter name. And the icon is Trollocs, the Trolloc symbol. So um, I think last week I asked Chris about that, and Chris said, oh, I don't think it would be Trollocs yet. I think it got to the city. Well, you're, I you're wrong. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> i
3: give mean,
0: you guys your props at the beginning. they like,
1: it's in the middle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were so wrong. <laughs> so let, what, let's uh, talk is, about the... What's great is when I, when I read the Trolloc part, that's the first thing that went through my mind. I was like, well, because I agreed, Chris, I didn't think they were just going to, you know, jump out in the middle of the city. And then they did. And I was like, well, damn. <laughs> that's... <laughs> I guess they are. Uh.
0: Yeah. Yep. So um, brief pause real fast. My dog's starting to bark. So let me just let her out of this room. I had her locked in here because I didn't want her to look at the kids. But um, apparently my wife just went to the store. So she's gone crazy. Uh, There you go. Dog's out. All right.
1: Was that a Let pause, like P A U S E, or was that a brief pause, as in P A W S? Ah, good old uh, pun humor. Mm-hmm. I was love it. it. I'd, lo- it was I'd a live for it.
2: Uh, <laughs> it's
0: a pause break. Anyway, so <laughs> brief pause, and I'll jump right back. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so we start this chapter off, and uh, Loyal is just going through and, and kind of whining about Dina. Like, that he was down there playing, you know, I guess he's playing dice, and uh, he was winning a whole lot. But then Dina came in and was like, I'm going to teach you a lesson. And everybody kind of just laughed, but she stole all his money back. And, and he's asking Brands, like, do you think she was cheating, Brand? It's mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, she is studying to be a glean man. Like, sledding hand might be something that comes into it. But anyway, uh, loyal, you know, he's,
3: he's, he's, he's a cute guy. Like he was just uh, like so uncomfortable with even asking the question. You don't suppose she you don't suppose she cheated, do you? <laughs> Everybody was grinning as if she were doing something clever.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, at some point, Chris, I feel like when it comes to Loyal, a vast majority of his lines, to get the emphasis right, you can't just state them and go through them real quick, Alan. You have to read it in the loyal voice. Like, <laughs> but, but <and> Ron, <laughs> she, she called it a little lesson. What did she mean by that? Like, it just obviously they're, uh, Jordan's trying to point out, like he's done before, the, the innocence of loyal. Like, he knows so much as far as book reading goes, but still mm. so naive about the world around him and, you know, some common um human interactions and communication skills and stuff like that. So it was kind of cute, but felt yeah. a bad for him and obviously a maybe not full on foreshadowing, but kind of a setup for what's what's to come uh pretty soon. Mm-hmm. In interaction with the Trollocs. So yeah. Sure. Definitely for innocent loyal.
0: Yeah. And so they're making their way down the streets to have this conversation, and the streets are pretty much empty. Like, there's no one there anymore. They're kind of in this back area of the foregate, where, like, the party's on the other part of the city or the foregate, and they're kind of in these back roads, kind of working their way towards the city, back towards the end. And there's just a group of, you know, puppeteers and they're carrying a trollic, and they're just sitting there talking, and Rand's thinking about the horn and all this other stuff, and then finally loyal puppet goes, like, "Uh, Rand, I don't think that's a puppet. <laughs> and <laughs> They realized that it wasn't a puppet, that it's actually a real Trolloc, disguised as a puppet, puppet, uh, realized that the legs weren't moving right and it jumps out at them. Um, so right away we get Trollocs. Yeah, let me just
3: see. <laughs> as I was reading this, I was like, well, they could have waited at least three or four pages in before they completely proved me wrong. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: Second page in, third page in. Take a page. Yeah, yeah
3: I, I do like though Rand's instant interaction. This is definitely a change in character. Like, there's no time to react. Instinct brought the sword out of its sheath in a flashing arch. The moon rises over the lakes. The trollop staggered back with a bubbling cry, snarling as <laughs> it uh, even as it fell. Like, that was probably the best scene for me you know, in a very long time, because it was just like, though it was only a few sentences, it was full of action. I can really envision, like, Rand finally being a badass swordsman for once. And he didn't even have to use the void, and he didn't have to use the one power or the taint. He just like, boom, I am one with my sword. So that was, that was exciting for me. Yeah, and then after you know, Rand kills,
0: dices up this trollic. Uh, all the dark friend runs scatter because they're terrified that Rand just beasted the crap out of a trollic. And then, while well, Rand's not even really back to his wits, um, a trollic grabs him from behind and lifts him up, um, and and almost has Rand until Loyal is able to wrestle the trollic away and it has this really intense scene um, here where Loyal's wrestling with his Trolloc, and Rand's trying to stab the Trolloc, and he's worried about hurting Loyal because they're moving too fast. and doesn't want to actually stab Loyal. He thinks about using the power, but can't really figure out. He doesn't, he doesn't have enough control yet. He doesn't understand how to use the power enough. He's just nervous to use anything. Um, yeah, um, and then, of course, th- we get to the ending of this, but let's talk about this whole entire interaction because it's a really tense, tense scene.
1: Yeah, so... Uh, I'll tell you what was going through my head as I was reading this. Um, when, right off the bat, we stumbled to actual Trollocs. I went, oh, shit. And then, like Chris said, immediately he busts out the sword and dices one up. And I was like, oh, shit. And then, when one grabs him, I was like, oh, shit. And then, <laughs> when Loyal goes to save him and starts wrestling him, I was like, oh, shit! Because I'm thinking we haven't really seen uh loyal fight really right so you know is loyal gonna bust out some form of magic is he gonna sing a song to a nearby tree and the tree beats up the trollic like i'm just waiting to see or is it just gonna be you know sheer size and brute force which is kind of what it ended up being um i'm still holding out that loyal has uh more awesome fighting skills than this obviously from what he tells us, this was his first time really getting down and dirty. Um, mm-hmm. But with as many books as we have left, I'm sure there's going to be more fights that he gets in. And I, I'm, I'm interested to see how loyal develops there.
0: Yeah. And then the other interesting thing is, is Rand tries to use the power, but when he yeah. tries to, he can't and all it, and all he gets is taint.
3: Yeah. Like he just gets the oil nastiness. And For sure. Like I said, he could as well. Have been reaching for the light and truth. The taint slid off of him, soiling him, but there was no flow of light inside of him. Driven by a distant desperation, he tried again and again. And again, there was only the taint." So this you know, goes to that whole concept of um, desperation being what drives men crazy is trying to get that mm-hmm. same feeling that they may have once witnessed or felt. So maybe this is what really starts to drive them insane. It's like once they've had a taste of the power, as long as they don't use it again, they're all right. But once they realize that even if they wanted to use it, they couldn't use the power, that's when they get really hooked on the attempt to get that, that high yeah. back. So... yeah.
1: Yeah, and right. what, so what's unique about Rand versus uh, the false dragons before him or or the the males that could channel before him? Uh, and he's just, he's very reluctant. He doesn't want it. Even uh, as he's been successful in channeling and it's benefited him and his friends afterwards, like he's still scared of it and is like, oh my gosh, why'd I do that sort of thing? And even the... Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget which ones, but the various eyes said I, when they were chatting about it before, you know, flat out telling him he was the dragon, I think part of Moraine's uh, defense of him was, you "No, know, he, you know, he's definitely reluctant. He doesn't want it. So I guess that was part of the prophecy also, right? That the dragon yeah, was to be one that, you know, it could be one that was like, you know, for glory and all that chance. And I, I know I'm totally butchering my paraphrasing here. Um, yeah. But yeah, and we've mentioned yeah. it before. There's he channels successfully without really being jacked up by the taint when he just seeks the void and the power comes. It's almost like the power reaches out to him. But when he mm-hmm. actively and aggressively trying to use the power, that's when Jordan gets back into his description of him being covered in this oily taint. So yeah. I think this is the <laughs> second or third time he made that distinction. So. You know we'll, yeah. we'll put a little asterisk on that, and I'm sure we'll come back to it again.
0: Yeah. So yeah, and then of course, loyal does end up breaking the neck of the Trolloc and killing the Trolloc. and it's the and we learn this is the first time Loyal's ever killed, and he's horrified by it. Even though it's a Trolloc, he's still like there's that emotion, just grat- uh, that emotional weight of that. And I can't speak firsthand because I don't think, uh, at least I don't think I've ever killed any person I've, i mean i've hunted so it's not the same thing um but you know i could i could picture maybe you know a, a soldier or something like that the first time is probably always tough. no matter if it's the enemy or not
1: um. yeah i like well I, I was caught up in in the words that loyal used um much like jordan he's very intentional in the words that he uses when he speaks he says i know but i cannot like it even a trollic, uh, He doesn't say, I don't like it. He says he cannot. So yeah. it still leaves open, uh, you know, maybe in doing this, Loyal was surprised that, um, man, I can't even, I can't even say it about Loyal. Not that he liked it, but that he was okay with it. Or in the moment, even he felt justified. and 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 that challenged his, is moral base you know i'm sure the Mm ogears have been raised very differently so right anyways i i I circled that
3: i did too i was right there with you like i I agree with you the syntax of it all the way it was worded is as if maybe this is something that like you said maybe spiritually ogear could not like or they're not supposed to do and then also maybe there's another side to ogear like maybe they become bloodthirsty like there was also that Ooh. thought that entered my mind. I was like, maybe once he gets a taste of it, he just can't stop. So there's like,
0: there's there's bloodthirsty Ogear out there that just kill everything. And they I get mean, why else
3: would they like... need to go and hide away in the stead? <laughs> huh. And, stay away and, and they, focus,
1: they focus so hard on being peaceful and this, that, and the other. And it's not because they're peaceful to their core, it's that they know if they slip up a little bit they could wipe out entire populations.
3: <laughs> yeah. They could sing people to yeah. death. They could use the trees to do evil things, create nasty forests
1: that will snatch men. Maybe they created the one in Oz. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. I mean we don't know enough now. Uh, no matter how that sounds, that's that's a possibility right now. Yeah. True. True. So yeah that's so... laughing at me.
3: uh they're
0: they're they're, i I don't even know what they're talking about right now they're talking about a willow so (laughs) yeah there you go um so um so yeah they so they see more coming so they start running um and they realize they're being hunted um there's trollocs now everywhere everywhere they turn there's more puppets and they realize the puppets are actually trollocs because the way their legs are moving and there's now, and now Trollocs aren't even pumped anymore. They're like peeking around corners, still trying to be sneaky, not being seen by people, but there's definitely bands of dark friends and Trollocs everywhere. And they're being herded like a more further away from the people. Um, and it's kind of this moment, of just desperation where like, they kind of come to the end of the four gates. Like, okay, we can make a run on the open. And then we're done for, or we have to sneak in somewhere. And Rand sees a large, what thinks is the Lord's manor. And it's like maybe we can hide in there. And was like, "That's the Illuminators' chapter house. We can't go in there." And, and Rand's like, "No, we have to go in there." It's like this little argument because Rand has no idea what that is, um, and, and neither do we as a reader at first. Know uh, what the Illuminators? We don't. I don't think we've even heard the Illuminators
2: before, have we?
1: Yeah, we have. We talked about the Illuminators. Yeah, we. It was mentioned briefly. Uh, okay. By who? I don't remember. Maybe Celine mentioned it, or it, I don't know. We yeah. talked about it and and them dealing with fireworks or something like that. Sure, yeah, and um,
0: yeah. So right here, so let's talk about this whole scene where they're running before we get to this uh, this girl that shows up. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah,
0: Landfair. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Where she was, she stayed where she was. <laughs> well, yeah. So, what do you guys think about this whole like hurting them, like away from the people? Like, obviously, it's intentional, but like. Just the action of this and the way it's written.
1: Um, I have to start with, and I, and I know we already kind of have an answer of how this works, but it still boggles my mind that multiple trollocs can somehow infiltrate an area like this with nobody noticing. Uh, and I know we talked about them using the ways before, and they can cross vast distances in doing that and not be detected. But uh, I mean, ran couldn't make it into this town without you know everybody knowing about him showing up and what we get about the culture is everybody's always looking over their shoulder and looking around and paying attention to every little detail because it might be part of the game right uh Mm -hmm. there's no way these actual trollocs at least in daylight for sure could ever pass as a puppet i don't know yeah but whatever yeah the the story moves on but
0: but but well, this this is nighttime at this point. So, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe, know. maybe they I came in at I night. Yeah. yeah. Sneaky. Sneaky Trollocs. Anyway, so um, so they get to the Illuminators chapter house and suddenly you hear a girl's girl's voice say, What trouble have you got yourself into now? And we get our our good old friend Celine back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right at the right time, you know, it shows right back up. Um and she's not even phased at all this trolls. She's like, Yeah, whatever, there's Trollocs. Um and Rand's like, We gotta get away. And and she's just like, Okay, calm down. We'll figure something out. Um but, you know. And they get to this door and they decide to go through there. Loyal's protesting. Uh and you learn a little bit more that it might be just as dangerous to go to the Illuminators house because they'll kill you too. So
1: yeah, yeah, I mean they they uh they hold their secrets to how they do the fireworks and everything pretty close to their their chest so nobody nobody gets access to that right
3: i agree yeah go ahead no because i'm going down a different rabbit hole so go ahead
0: no i was going to say before we get to the door Celine does tell rand to seek the void and calm down so she it's going back this whole thing she was doing that beforehand telling him to seek the void all the time um, and she was doing it again. She's gone right back into the whole glory, seek the void talk that she
3: was before it like, just takes up, keep, keep picks up, right where she left well, off. Well, I like, like, literally, the way it describes is that she just kind of stepped around the corner, they had just rounded her white dress, bright in the dimness, and then she says, So I saw, as if she'd been watching him for some time. Like, how does she see? Why is she just popping up? How is it that she can just pop up? Is she traveling some sort of way? Like so many questions to ask. And then, like you said, getting to the fact that she's just like, seek the oneness and be calm. One who would be great must be calm. And oneness is, of course, capitalized. So it's like telling you to find that very important thing, that very important place. So, Mm -hmm. We just to yeah. see if he ever masters how to use the void properly. Right.
0: Yeah. At this point, that's the trolls are like kind of catching up to them. They and Celine shows them a door. So here's a door. Let's go in. And the door is open. Um, so they go in, close the door behind them. And there's a place where there should be like a bar to bar the door, but there's no bar. So they can't, uh, you know, cl- you know, lock the door. But um, you know his you know, logic, Rand's logic, you know, it's better to be arrested than have, you know, Trollocs. So, um, then Loyal's like, uh, eliminators don't arrest you. They'll just kill intruders. (laughs) So (laughs) you might be done here. He's like, but you know, it's better to talk to eliminators. Basically, maybe we can talk to them. You can't talk to Trollocs. So, eh, you know, Rand's logic's a little bit sound, I guess. Um, he doesn't know, you know, he knows the threat of Trollocs. He doesn't know the threat of eliminators. So, um, so they make their way through some of the alleys, and they get to a courtyard. There's some people talking in the courtyard, um, some of the illuminators there. Um, and they're talking about the display. Um, so uh, kind of get this scene. There's an open courtyard. There's tons of tubes everywhere. And Ian and I are very, very familiar with these things. Um, <laughs> they call them tubes in the book. We call them mortars. Uh, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs>
1: uh, these are like, we've used these, these plenty of times. Than- these are likely much bigger than what we ever used. I think the biggest one I ever got my, my hands on was a four inch mortar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which was still, pl- Which is still
0: a pretty big mortar. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Light, but, light and run. But these
0: are, yeah. Light and run. Yeah. But these these are pretty big mortars. These are a lot, these are probably a lot bigger mortars than these are like the professional grade ones. Like the, the, the ones they put off for cities and stuff like that, that are Oh yeah. You need like a license to buy. So but big, big, big fireworks. Um, and you learn a little bit about fireworks here. So we got to the backstory about how, the, you know, it's very rare that back in, back in two rivers they had fireworks and and you were told never to open them up because they might blow up if you open them up. That's what the luminaries always tell you. But, of course, Matt tried to once because it's Matt. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's Matt. Um, so let's talk about, you know, this whole entire scene uh, before uh, – before we get to the next craziness that erupts, so what do you think about the tension here? What do you think about the the, the adding this whole new group of characters in here? You know, the eliminators we've t- mentioned before, but now we're we're adding kind of them in as culture. They have their own culture. It's just very yeah. Uh,
1: I gotta back it up just a little bit, not too much, but just a tad. Uh, right before they uh, they step inside or whatever. Uh, or maybe right after, but Rand says to Celine, "I'm sorry I got you into this." And she says, all saucy, "Danger adds a certain something, and so far you handle it well. Shall we see what we find?" And then, as she brushed past him up the alleyway, Rand followed the spicy smell of her filling his nostrils. Um, there will be. Uh, another part when we read forward, I'm going to bring this up again, but uh, I, I'm back to thinking that Celine is some old hag witch, or uh, I mean, I, I'm still on the land. Uh, what was it, Lanfear? Was that her name? Landfear. I'm still yeah. on. I'm still on that train that it might be Lanfear, but she's using something to kind of at least in front of them mask herself and make herself look like this young, beautiful, radiant, irresistible, whatever. Um. Because every time there's interaction, Jordan has made it a point to mention something about her her perfume or something like that, that catches Rand's attention or or fills his nostrils or whatever. So definitely made a point of that.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So Chris, what do you think about this whole culture of Eliminators?
3: Uh, Personally, I think it's really interesting that they are hiding their chemistry essentially quite literally mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it kind of reminds me of like the whole hidden area inside of a city reminded me of Martin when it came to the dragon fire so that, mm. that definitely came yeah. to mind and then of course it kind of was cultish so you know you, the, the lowest of lows cannot speak to the higher people I was like oh get over yourself <laughs> Um, but you know it was just pretty interesting to see that they're bringing in these new characters and they're bringing in a new job and they kind of give enough information about it for you to kind of draw what the purpose of them are Now, beyond the fact that they've got like secret recipes for creating explosives I would wonder why people would be worried about them working for somebody that they're not or being caught up in something they're not supposed to be like, are their secrets mm-hmm. actually deadly enough? They have a control over it. I guess we will find that out soon enough.
1: Yeah, I feel. I feel like this is a See. group of people that might um have a a vast knowledge of all of the workings of all these different cultures that we run into all over the place because they have this product that you know they sell essentially that goes everywhere. But they're also rather secluded, you know. I, I take it as the type of people that keeps themselves, they keep their secrets, their culture, everything to themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, as they're traveling around, they're finding out information. So maybe if there's actually some good interaction between our characters and theirs, um, the Illuminators, maybe we find out some more stuff. And then I also started thinking yeah. we have, we haven't run into this opportunity yet, but uh, with every different culture group of people that we've run into especially the ones that are um shut off from you know other areas either because of geography or whatever uh as they've come together we find like these different variations of prophecies or some totally different prophecies uh so i started Mm -hmm. thinking about that as i'm reading it like maybe we find out from the illuminati that there's a whole nother wrinkle to the prophecy of the dragon reborn that we, that nobody else knew about, but they kept that story alive in their culture. So uh just some things I nice. started thinking about running into these new people. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. So we get to the next scene. Loyal's Loyal's make his way through the racks now. And he's bumping into him cause he's big and he's clumsy. Mm-hmm. He's trying to be careful, but he's just keeps on bumping into racks and they're like, loyal stop <laughs> and then finally loyal loyal knocks over a rack full of smoldering sticks which are like punks you know like the um you know the, you, you actually can buy these for fireworks that you can smolder and help your light fireworks if you're too scared to get the lighter to fuse whatever um but you know the sticks fall over and it lights one of the fuses and one of the fireworks go off so they duck behind a wall and hide and you know people come out like crazy and like i thought you said everything was secure like what are you doing you know um people start arguing over what happened. Everybody's yelling at each other, uh, but they're just hiding in the corner in the shadows uh, during all this. So I just found this scene kind of funny because I could see definitely this happening with eat and I, um, it <laughs> reminds me a lot yeah. of, uh, of a time where we went and lit fireworks off where we weren't supposed to um, in colonial Williamsburg and, um, and the cops got called and, <laughs> and um and they showed up, and I just remember them like literally like swarming us. And Ian, quick on his feet, was like, "Hey, yeah, I think I saw some guys running with fireworks down that way. They took off running that that direction. <laughs> 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 like literally, like it worked. Like I never thought like I thought the cops were like question us, but like now it was just like, like yeah, I saw the guys. They went that way, and they just ran after that down um, some rabbit, you know, goose chase. So yeah. random of goose That's chase pretty. and. <laughs> yeah, so we got away, and it was that put with fireworks off. But anyway, it was fun times. Um, <laughs> no
1: one was hurt, um, and that's exactly yeah, so- how Rand and Loyal get away. They get caught, but they they just point out the window and go, "Look, it's them over there," and then they they run away.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: wait, no, it's so this, re- <laughs> this
0: this this brought back some of those memories, and I, I thought this was hilarious. Oh, I just shot sure. this whole scene. Yeah.
1: Great. Uh, And this will be a fun one for them to to show in the series. You know, uh, obviously it's a pretty tense scene. They don't want to, you know, get caught by the Trollocs or the Illuminators or whatever. So they're they're trying to be like super stealthy. But you you pointed it out, like, how is Loyal going to just carefully creep around this area with all of these explosives and stuff? And so, yeah, this will be fun. (laughs) right
0: yeah so you know people as they're arguing you know Rand kind of makes this whole statement where he says you can't count on luck anymore you know we have to get out of here and Celine makes that cool great men make their own luck you know like one of those yeah
1: (laughs) shut up Celine. (laughs) barf I just vomited Um, a little bit
0: yeah and and they look they look over and they see Trollocs so there's like so if you can picture this thing the courtyard has people in it um, they're hiding behind this wall in the shadows and they look over and peeking out the alleyway, at the Trollocs the are looking in from the other side. So there's definitely, um, this really tense and they're basically in a trap, um, that you have Trollocs on one side, eliminators on the other side, now watching the courtyard. Um, and Rand starts to think of ways out. You know, Rand's like, I can kill the Trollocs real fast, maybe while you guys run, but then Illuminators will see me and then I might get caught by them. Um, and Celine keeps on going on about being great and, you know, about greatness. And ran trying to block her out as he's trying to think
1: through this. I'm wondering, Chris, maybe you can help me jog my memory. Was there ever a, a time before when Celine was trying to force Rand into a decision? And as Rand was resisting, a bunch of things started coming after him that were trying to kill him? Thank Thank I think. I mean, <laughs> yes, would be the I simple mean, answer. <laughs> yeah, like, but I mean, so is it is, is it possible? Is it is it possible she's somehow controlling the Trollocs as well? You know, we kind of drew that, we made
3: that illusion the last go around, and I don't know if she's controlling them or not. Like that, I just don't know. I don't, I want to give her really the benefit of that right now, and hope that she yeah, shows there's... some awesome. Time traveler from the future that's gonna help them out. Maybe that's <laughs> uh,
1: yes. Everybody travels in time now. Like, so time I good. just I'm laughing at your optimism. I think she's absolutely evil. <laughs> I don't I, like I, her don't, at I,
3: all. Don't, I don't want her to be evil. I think that's the thing. Like, I'm tired of I'm tired of us losing all of our good ones. They're either lost to Acid Eye or they are Acid Eye already. So, I need somebody. Yeah. To be, not ice and I, but have special powers and be all about helping Rand out and not ministering <laughs> him. Which based on that laugh, I'm yeah. just gonna go ahead and assume that I can keep guessing or keep hoping that it's not gonna happen. But I'd like for yeah. Rand to find happiness. Yeah. Well we got we got fifteen books, maybe. Maybe not.
0: <laughs> maybe it's just a tragedy. It's just like it's just like Oedipus. It just gets getting worse and worse,
1: you know. <laughs> <laughs> Closes book 15. Um, well, gosh, that really sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So
0: anyway, so Rand finally comes to a plan. He's like, all right, Loyal Celine, go find a door. I'll take care of the Trollocs. Don't worry about it. Just go. So they take off. The Trollocs see Loyal and Celine and start to move towards them. And Rand just goes, jumps in the courtyard, grabs one of the tubes. Points it at the trollocs. It likes the sucker. <laughs>
3: so I can see uh, Ian doing like,
2: that.
3: Actually, <laughs> I, uh, like, I thought about Ian throughout that entire thing.
1: Yeah, I th- like I, all right. Before I, I took one of the two-inch mortars. Uh, now, okay, we were renting a house my junior and senior year, uh, in Colonial Williamsburg. It was built in like 1913 by a former Virginia governor, blah, blah, blah. So historical house, we're renting it. Uh, one of my roommates, like we're always one-upping one up each other on pranks. And, and Alan might've brought this up before. I just brought some of these fireworks, lit one of them, threw it in the room that he was in when he was um, talking to a girl and shut the door. <laughs> talking. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, the boom when you're indoors they're pretty loud, and the flash fairly bright. But what you don't realize when you do one of those indoors is how much smoke comes out. <laughs> All of the smoke detectors in the house were going off. All everybody else is coming out of their room like you know, thinking the house is on fire and everything. So yeah, um, there's a reason you could see me doing that, Chris, <laughs> because that is right in my house. <laughs> One of my Sega <laughs> tricks. Yeah, yep.
0: So yeah, the woman watching from the window screams when she sees Rand doing this, and um yeah, it blows up, and tubes scatter everywhere. The Trollocs blow up. There's a hole in the wall. There's nothing left of the Trollocs. Like <laughs> it, it, it blew the Trollocs up. Like. <laughs> It reminds me of like you ever seen that video where they dynamite that whale it's just like raining down like blood shit
1: yeah. like that. <laughs> That'd be a good <laughs> idea. <laughs>
0: like, not a good idea. But, yeah, it's and it yeah, it, and Rand's kind of stunned because yeah, it's he's like ears rigging, it's smoke everywhere, and um he shouts, so he starts running too. Um and uh it, it so yeah, so so he escapes. So before we get outside the wall, any last thoughts from all of this? Um, you know, the the, the illuminators are in full panic. You know, they're in a full run getting out of there. But thoughts about this before we get out of the out of the out of the building.
1: This this last little bit here and all the fireworks and everything, even with the trollocs coming, it just to me it stayed very fun and funny. I don't know why, but I was just giggling yeah. as I was reading it. Even, even this last thing <laughs> with him lighting off that firework—like uh, I didn't see it coming. Like we started to have the Rand fighting. You know, I don't want to use the power. You know, that's not me. Blah 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 blah. But like he's about to be forced in a situation where, all right, he's going to have to. Right. So I'm thinking he's going to do some sword moves. You know, Sidine's going to wrap him up in a blanket and blah, blah, blah. And then last second he goes, no, fuck it, firework. Bam! And just total. (laughs) Uh, So I thought it it was hilarious. It was, it was great. Yeah. Unexpected. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Did you enjoy the
1: scene as well, Chris?
3: I did. I pretty much enjoyed this entire chapter. It all kind of just, again, made me a little bit frustrated, but at the same time, I was like, okay, finally, we're getting some action. Yeah. And I really was hoping to see more sword play, so I will continue to read for mm-hmm. more of that. Yeah. So, yeah,
0: so we get to the next scene. They're outside the walls. They're running, and Rand's like, where's Selene? And, like, Lowe's like, uh, she just appeared. I don't know. She, she's gone. And Rand's like she, went, then, like, she went back, she ran back in there, and, like, Ran's like, well, we have to go back for her. And, like, Lowe's like, no. You're not going back for the girl. Like, that, that, that's, that's a bad idea. Like, just leave her. <laughs> We're done. So, um, I thought that was interesting too. Like, I mean, obviously Rand has, has you know, she's hot. I get it. So hot, <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but still at the same time, like really? Yeah. No, no reason to go back. Um, uh, just keep running. Um, thoughts on that.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm just waiting for this interaction with the, uh, the lady at the end. Back on my conspiracy theory with Celine.
0: Oh yeah. So yeah, so to get back to the end, the innkeeper immediately hands Rand a note and it has Celine's seal on it.
1: But wait, who gave her the Uh, note? Who gave her the note? Someone read it.
3: Some old, yeah. See, yeah, this has got like a Game of Thrones feeling to it. Yeah.
1: But wait was an old lady. Which was Celine. And her potion was worn <laughs> off. I'm telling you, she's got it's these old d- hagified. Yep, yep. It's my theory. I'm sticking so, to it. So yeah,
0: there you go. So yeah, so some old lady had given the innkeeper this note. It's Celine seal. He cuts it open. He reads it, um, and it talks about glory and how um, a, he will always be well, heard. I think
3: I know what you are going to do. You do something else. You are a dangerous man. Perhaps it will not be long before we are together again. Think of the horn, think of the glory, And think of me, for you are always mine. She almost implies like him being in danger and being hurt and potentially killed as it brings them back together. As she's just like right. an ethereal, like she's not there. Yeah. That would be something. If Maybe she's a ghost that could solidify her form or... It
1: pulled her out oh, of the parallel. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm. Hmm. So, gosh, I didn't yep. even think of that, but quite possibly. I underline the together again and you are always mine. And, you know, I go back to uh, the prophecy of, you know, Landfear will come back. And then the stories about how. Land fear and the original dragon, like she was all up his butt, but then he ended up with somebody else and she was all, you know, scorned woman, which would explain a lot why Celine's such a jerk because, you know, hell hath no fury, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All of this, it's just, yeah. I, have, I have conspiracy notes. Uh, instead of like handwriting stuff in my little journal here, I, I cut out letters from different magazines and whatnot and write my conspiracy yeah. notes about Celine here.
0: Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and then the chapter ends with Rand uh, wishing that Inktar would just come back. Like, would he just come back so we can just go ahead and leave and beyond this. Yeah. yeah. So that's the end of this chapter. So final thoughts or anything we
3: missed or uh, there's a lot, but
1: yeah. This was fun.
3: It, it really was. was. Not not
0: it was fun to get some action. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Oh, wow. Well, I'm gonna start a new anchor
0: session. We're not gonna quit take a break yet, um, because we have three chapters. So I'll we'll take a break after the next I'm one. I'm sorry. i oh, to start a new anchor, yeah, but I won't do anything else. Okay. Oh, this oh, one. Wait, will take, so we'll take a quick break. I'm sorry. we
1: take five minute steps. Yeah, go for it. All right,
0: cool. All right, we'll take, we're going we're a quick. Break. Right. We are gonna take a break. Bye. All right, everybody Discord. We're taking a break. Quickie. All right, we'll be back. So moving on to chapter twenty eight, a new thread in the pattern. And the icon, like we talked about last week, is a wolf. Um, so we're back on parent. Yay. We, like you said, we haven't visited them in a while. It, it, we're, we were due. It's time. Um,
1: we were so. due, and I'm excited for it, but we'll get there. Some other character definitely steals the show in this chapter. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So this <laughs> chapter is definitely about someone else. But. And it's only like four pages long. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, this this chapter's a short chapter, but it's a there's a lot packed in here though, um, yeah. so it's 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 a lot. Um, so let, do you have anything about a new thread of the pattern? I know last time I don't think you really predicted too much about the chapter title, but um, um, basically it's just that if you got to read the chapter, it's basically about what this guy says. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's jump right into it. So, parent and party—they they get the Kingslayer's dagger. So we're now catching up to where, if you remember, a couple chapters ago—it seems like such a long time ago—when they got to the portal stone world, they were at Kingslayer's dagger. That's where they stole the horn back. Um, And parent's there. He's been talking to the wolves, um, and the wolves are telling him that the twisted ones are ahead. And that's what the the twisted ones is what the wolves call trollocs. They're the twisted ones. Um, and Varad is super eager to get to Rand. Like, like that's nothing. It starts the chapter with Varad being super eager. She's pushing hard. Like we need to find Rand. We need to find Rand. And Ingtar's super, super pushing to find the horn. We got to find the horn. There's a lot of motives going on here. It's very, very evident that they're getting kind of, kind of itchy, a little bit, a little bit impatient to catch up. Um, and Ingtar wants to know more about these images, or more about what what Perrin's talking for the wolves. And, you know, obviously, it's images he gets. Uh, so before we get to what what Perrin says, initial opening thoughts on this, I guess opening scene.
2: Well,
1: uh, we're we're starting to lose Matt again. We we forgot to kind of touch on that. You know, mm-hmm. he he's struggling. Baron's trying to uh, heal him here and there, but you know, he's he's still slowly slipping. Mm-hmm. So that's got me a little thin.
3: Yeah. yeah. I like the way, first off, how the wolves call them the twisted ones. Like it's pretty neat. I know it's pretty much because they are like a mix of different types of things. Right. So it just I I don't know why that intrigues me, but it almost infers like that was done on purpose somehow and they're yeah. not like their own breed but maybe they were created that way and then slowly became that way I don't know they, the Trollocs were created? yeah oh is that a prediction?
0: yeah let's
3: make a new prediction okay
0: Trollocs were created mm-hmm. and then they but, started to
3: breathe and they started to breathe yeah okay like, Frank, like Frankenstein style? Well, you know, magically, but sure. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And then we, <laughs> um, like, parents focus on Ran. Is is kind of interesting too because we know that Perrin and Matt and Ran kind of had it out, mm-hmm. and so you know, I've been waiting for Perrin to kind of have the little change of heart because he's still a big softy under that wolf exterior, so. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's a pack animal, and, and Rand is part of his pack, so I'm glad he's yeah, actually again. looking after his friend, trying to get back to him, so I'm excited yeah. for
1: that. And I, I get the feeling that after the fact, you know, Perrin is a little bit more empathetic towards Rand and what Rand tried to do to push them away, because um, Perrin's also obviously going through his own transformation that he has not told everybody. And also if he told everybody, there would be those that, uh, you know, might want to kill him or, you know, send him away or something like that. So may not be on the same level, but I think he, you know, he, he could kind of empathize a little bit with Rand and what he's going through. Yeah. He's got love for him.
0: Yeah. So we get to this next part where Inktar's is asking Perrin about like, you know, where are they? Where's the hard? And, and, uh parents says, I don't know about the horns. So I guess the wolves don't really care about this horn thing, but they said the Trollocs were killed by someone they called Shadow Killer. And they don't fear the Shadow Killer. They're actually kind of in awe of him. Um it's person. And Inkard's like, it's probably just a fade. And parents like, I don't think it's a fade. I, and and parents think it's rant. Um it's kind of cool that the wolves have named or uh, have uh, this Shadow Killer concept. It's Shadow Killer. But now the Trollocs are chasing Shadow Killer. So we have to go after them.
3: I was gonna say, like, it, at first I thought Fane was the Shadow Killer, but now I'm like wondering.
2: Mhm.
3: Yeah. Like, why would they be in awe of Fane? Like,
0: well, it was Rand that killed the Trollocs. He diced a bunch of them up. Yeah. And the horn back.
1: Yeah. So, but see this. So something happened. There, there's been some significant change or transformation with Rand. Mm-hmm. Because the wolves were tracking Rand before they went mm-hmm. through the, uh, whatchamacallit, the stone portal thingamabobber, mm-hmm. right? Because they, right. they gave the report to Perrin and be like, yeah, we were able to track them this far, da-da-da, and then nothing. They just disappeared, right? Right. And then when they reappear, it's I was, I was thinking at some point when they reappeared, the wolves would get back to Pear and be like, hey, we found your friend again. He's here. But they didn't do that. And even in passing this story along um, or this report along back to Perrin, it's not Ran diced him up, it's Shadow Shadowkiller.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I mean, I guess it's possible the people that, or the wolves that found Ran were not the same, exact same ones tracking him before, but the way they have this hive mind thing,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I, I don't know. I, I think it's significant that they don't okay. recognize who it is and they call him Shadow Killer. Yeah. So something changed with Rand when he went through, when he passed through the stones.
0: Yeah, and then while they're having this conversation, oak shows up and he comes up and says, "Hey, Inqto, I gotta tell you, there's an Aiel guy up in the rocks over there." And I'm really surprised because he's this far from the waste. Like, it's we're really far from the waste. Aiel don't come this far, so it's I don't know why he's here. And the fact that I saw him means he wanted to be seen, like, cause normal, like, you learn a little bit more, more about Aiel. Like, you'll never be able to see them unless they want to be seen. Like, they're just super, super good at blending in and, and not being seen. And if you see one, that means there's a ton of them out there somewhere. So, we have to be really careful right now. Um And the Aiel man just comes down to meet them. And obviously the Shinarans think it's about to be attacked, so they lower their lances in this really tense scene, and Enktar's like, stop, stop, do not attack him, like, obviously, if he showed himself, he doesn't mean to kill us, he wants to talk, like, let's talk to him, and then we get a description of this Aiel man and the weapons he has, and everything about him so.
3: It's Rand
1: it's-, it's Rand, yeah, that's all I was gonna say Rand stood before them <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Perrin definitely recognized that immediately. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, man, there's something to this.
0: Well, it, was, it, it, it was Matt. Matt was the one who says he looks like Rand. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was Matt. But yeah. So, yeah. So, you're, is it, uh, I always say urine, like t- like piss. But <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's Urian. Urian is the way you pronounce it. Um, but Urian, it's it, int- urine he, in my head. Yeah. He introduces himself. Um, He was a uh, tall man with
3: dark skin from the sun and red hair cut short except for a tail in the back that hung to his shoulders. From his soft laced knee-high boots to the cloth wrapped loosely around his neck, the clothes were all in shades of brown and gray that would blend into rock or earth. The end of a short horn bow peeked over his shoulder and a quiver bristled with arrows at his belt at one side a long knife hung at the other in his left Mm -hmm. hand he gripped a round high buckler and three short spears no more than half as long as he was tall with points fully as long as those of the shannarin lances like he was decked out from head to toe in weapons like he can't even use that many weapons at one time Like, why have so much on you? How is that even threatening? Like, it it would be cumbersome, almost. But I guess that's why they're, you know, warrior masters.
1: I love what he says next, though. He's surrounded by these Shinerian lances, uh, all these guys that are hardened warriors, and with just complete, utter confidence, he just looks up. I have no pipers to play the tune but if you wish to dance <laughs> like essentially saying like hey you know it's just me here i didn't come to fight but if you wanna i'm, I got to a fight.
0: For you. <laughs> I'm happy to fight with you yeah,
1: uh, yeah. i'll, we, I'll, we I'll do the do
0: dance
1: <laughs> you know, little two-step in here let's tap tap uh-huh <laughs> yep I think that was fantastic
0: yeah, so I know I know you've said before that Rand's Aiel, um, but you know that's his. You know, he's a spitting image of Rand. Matt says that like he looks exactly like Rand. Um, so I had a question mark: Is Rand Aiel? <laughs> question mark. Yes, we all <laughs> know um, this at this point. <laughs> uh yeah, yeah. Well, he's half um, Aiel. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then Urien sees Varen and like bows to her and calls her a wise one. And Varen's like super perplexed. He's like, what would you call me?" Like, she says, "Well, you had to look at the wise ones, uh, the ones that have been to Ruridian." Um, and he, as and first survived and survived. Yeah, and so you start getting a little bit of more about Aiel culture. I mean, this is just a very snippet, sn- snippet of it. But um, it's um, and Varen gets super excited. He's a brown. Ooh, someone new to study, um, you know, and learn more. Yeah. And and um, you know, she's she's super excited about this. So she starts asking a million questions. He doesn't really want to a- answer a lot of the questions, but um, you know, Ingvar immediately just breaks into enough of this Sedai questions. Have you seen Trollocs? And Aiel's like, uh, Trollocs? No, but uh, he, but the Aiel gets really excited though. He's like, But if there's Trollocs down here. That's part. Of, that's part of our prophecy. Um, yeah. So he is super excited because he's like, you know, the prophecy say when the Trollocs leave the blight, we'll actually leave the threefold land and, you know, and take back the old places that were ours. And, and they're like, what's the threefold land? Like, Oh, that's what we call the, that's what they called the waste.
1: It's a, a shaping stone to make us a testing ground to prove our worth and a punishment for the sin.
3: Yeah. Yep. Yep.
0: And, and they talk about the sin a little bit that no one really knows what the sin is, except for the wise one, the clan chiefs. And they don't. They, apparently, it's so great they can't even tell everyone else what it is because it's it was you know it, they no one's allowed to even know what the sin is, and he, he doesn't even know whether or not they even really know. But apparently, they know. <laughs> but yeah. But, you know, he eventually tells him, yeah, we haven't seen any Trollocs. Uh, Varys starts asking about Rudian, and he's like, I can't really tell you much, but um, it's where the Jina'i live, only the Wise Ones and Clan Chiefs are allowed to go there. And the ones that come back are Wise Ones and Clan Chiefs. A lot of people don't come back. So... (laughs) Varys's like, like, that's no help at all.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but the best part, the best part is, so he kind of looks around, he's like, well, I told everything I know, so are you going to kill me now,
2: Yeah, I said I. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah. I was it's like, th- this th- is th- the
1: part where you, get to, right?
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's like, and because we, it's like the next, like, part of our prophecy too is that the Aes Sedai will kill us on spot because we have, we have broken our, our oath with them or whatever. And It's like, what oath? Like, we never, or right, what, 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 what? thing are you talking about? Like Veron's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like it's like I'm not trying to kill you. Like it's like you go ahead and cast your lightnings down on me. I'll dance with you. I snide Just like Veron's like, I don't want you to kill me. And it's like and he's like taking it back. It's like kill a woman? I would never kill a woman unless you unless you're a maid or, or went to the sphere mm-hmm. and you're a fighting woman, I then I would kill you. But otherwise I, I could you know never <laughs> so just very, very interesting exchange. I, yeah, I, I love this.
3: Say that. Yeah. I say the interactions are really just, like you said, interesting. And the, the um, comparisons of, I mean, it's almost like the perfect gentleman. It's like, yeah, I'm the hardest badass, but I'm also the perfect gentleman. I wouldn't dare hurt you. I wouldn't dare harm you. But yeah. the importance that the Aes Sedai have in the AEL society versus Mm -hmm. what they hold in the others like they're not they're still a mystery in both but you know the others go through a a trial and then they're kind of feared and and Mm -hmm. awed in a different way Mm -hmm. than the ones out in the regular world yeah and they also mention that men go as well and they come back as
1: cheap yeah
3: right yeah, the men that go so, come back as Chiefs. That gives me hope for Rand because we know he's yes. ideal. So he like isn't going to be driven crazy and he's already realized that like the taint is not the power. So he needs to leave the taint sourced power alone because he's not getting anything from it. Like he has such an awareness naturally of what he's not getting um from it and he's able to like hold himself away from it. So it gives me faith that he's going to be something amazing. Yeah. So up to this point, what
0: do I mean, before we start talking about why he's here, what do you guys think about this whole interchange? Like, I mean, there's a lot to talk about and unpack here. So thoughts about this interchange with Baron, thoughts about Rudian, thoughts about uh, the snippet you get about IEL culture, just overall.
3: Well, do we know how many clans there are?
0: There are 13, thirteen clans, yes.
3: So I know he's mentioned the thirteenth clan, and so I wonder if there's like a whole clan of Iel that are also um, I, Well, would ice be the term?
0: Wise ones, magical.
3: Okay. Well, yeah, we call them wise ones, but what would, what would what would what would we really consider? Like those are just titles. I guess they're yeah. people that are impacted by the one power or that can tap into the power. Like mm-hmm. I wonder if they have like a whole whole clan of people that are like ready to, that are like hardened and war ready and you know could pop up at any moment and just like destroy some shit. Yeah. So Jin is the thirteenth clan, I guess,
0: right? Is that what he says?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. Uh I'll I'll make this comment real quick. Uh I've complained before about the lack of You know, a true, reliable narrator. That I mean, we've all read those books where you have some discourse between characters, but then you get a couple paragraphs where the narrator just breaks in and gives you all the backstory. On like here, it would be a half a page where we just learn about uh, the IEL and they're, you know, the narrator's like, "Boom, this is what you need to know." But obviously, Jordan doesn't do that, and we have to figure these things out through different people's perspectives and then interactions like this. But I'll say. In this particular instance, uh, I absolutely loved it. And in such a short amount of time, just a couple of pages, and a little bit of back and forth between uh, urine and Varen and and whatnot, we learned so much about IO culture that we didn't know, just in his few responses. And, uh, I mean, I have highlights all over this. I might as well have just highlighted the whole pages, but – uh, it was great.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so they finally ask why he's here. Um, and he says, well, I'm here because I'm looking for he who comes with the dawn. And they're like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> he's, he goes, I don't really know, but there's signs. And when I see them, I'll know. And like he's, and he draws on the ground. He's like, he'll have the symbol and draws the ancient I eye symbol on the ground, the circle with the, the senior slide, the same symbol that was on the seals, the ancient Isidai and symbol. He says he'll conquer all the nations under this symbol. <laughs> um, and.
3: The dragon uh, reborn, and that yeah. is his army.
0: <laughs>
3: we all know this.
1: <laughs> so. If, if only somebody would have predicted that Rand was going to go over there and get all the tribes to join together and then come back and fight as one. Like. If somebody was that smart to think about that and predict it, yeah, especially if he predicted it a long time ago, (laughs) like before all of this. Yeah, watch it not happen, and me just look like an ass. But so far, I think it's happening. I think it's happening. Exactly.
0: So yeah. So and Varen says she doesn't know anything about this, um, um, and and says I don't know who. He who comes to the Dawn is, and he's like, All right, well, if you don't know who he is, I'm leaving. And he just leaves. <laughs> mm-hmm. so it's like, he's like, Deuces, I gotta go find this guy. Uh, that's why we're here. Um, and... question. yeah,
1: question mm-hmm. Did Varen just lie to him? Because right. that seemed like a because Varen knows about Rand and she's seen him and she's got to know the backstory. Uh, You know what, Moraine told about Tam and how he found Ran, and that fits this Ayel's description perfectly. Oh, shoot, and then she, oh, I cannot tell you. Wh- oh, no, you're right. She says, I cannot tell you where he is. Yeah. But then she also says, and I have heard of no signs. Or portents to gut. Oh no, you're right. Dang it! Yeah. I said I words. <laughs> mm-hmm. She didn't lie. Sneaky, sneaky,
0: sneaky, <laughs> sneaky.
1: Yeah. So
0: yeah, so he leaves, um, and they're like, "Okay, we need to make time up." And Matt turns to parents, like, "Was she, was he just talking about Rand?" <laughs> like, <laughs> Matt Matt asked that, and parents like, "I don't know." <laughs> but, but we got to go. Um, uh, so, you know, Varen's just kind of perplexed, just sitting there for a minute, like completely confused, like deep in thought. And then she kind of like sticks to it. Just like, all right, we got to go. We got to hurry everybody. And she starts barking orders like Ingtar, like everybody on the horses, let's go. Um, and that ends the chapter. So like I said, it's a really short chapter, but you get a whole lot packed in here. Um, so yeah. Thoughts.
3: I thought it was interesting that we had the wolf, and mm-hmm. it really wasn't about parent. Like it was the observation, I guess, from parent's point of view. But yeah, the chapter wasn't really about parent at all. Right,
0: it's about the Iiel. I mean, that's really yeah. what the chapter's about.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So, what do you think about the the Iiel prophecies? I mean, like you'll know, a tidbit of that you know, they they definitely have their own prophecy. I mean, Ian alluded to that a little bit earlier that you have all these different cultures and different prophecies. Like, the Dark One has their own prophecy because you have the Dark Prophecy from way back a couple chapters ago. We have the, the Koreathon Cycle, which is the formal dragon prophecy in this world. Then we have this Aiel Prophecy. Obviously, the, even the wolves have names for something because they call Shadow Killer. Like, so they even the animals have maybe somewhat of a problem. Like who knows? But maybe they have a prophecy? <laughs> like it's like what's your thoughts about all this?
3: Does the wheel of time weave threads into the pattern of which we know nothing? That's my thought. Uh, I'm just gonna okay. quote it. Or does the dark one touch the pattern again? Just thought that was really interesting because it's like is the pattern itself changing or is the pattern being changed? Hmm. And either way, change is occurring, but is it for good or for bad? Is it a natural occurrence or is it being influenced? We're still asking the same question that we started asking a book ago. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, I also think our uh, White Tower ladies need to learn a little humility. Um, it's, they, at times, they act like know-it-alls, and even, even in action. So Moraine and our current Amaralyn and whoever else is on the end here, they've been working on this plan for so long based off of what they knew from the prophecies, from their version and they've done some pretty significant uh and dicey stuff and taken a lot of risk to move forward with that and now we're finding out that not only do they not have the whole picture or understand the whole prophecy they might not even know the half of it i mean yeah. we saw moraine desperate to try and find more information like Okay, what is the connection between the dragon and the horn and this, that, and the other? And from their sources, they can't find any. But then we have Tom, who's able to sing a couple jingles that you know kind of relates a few more things. And then we have the uh, the dark prophecy that was written in blood or whatever. And then we have the ail and everything. So I have a feeling it's not as convoluted. Um, I I think as we're able to piece all this together, it'll make more sense. So within the next, oh gosh, if I had to put a book number on it, within the next 15 books, I think we're finally gonna piece all those puzzles together. Yeah, yeah. maybe, sure. Maybe.
0: Sure, <laughs> <laughs> 15 books, yeah, sure. Uh, we'll piece everything together by then, maybe
3: maybe maybe
0: yeah so any other final thoughts
3: the way you said that this book were to if this series were to end on a cliffhanger i would be so frustrated and so angry yeah (laughs) yeah yeah well i
0: mean so could you imagine like uh, and just go back so robert jordan passed away after writing um uh i think book 11 um and there's 14 books so, our fifteenth the prequel, and he wrote the prequel too. But so, but so, thirteen or twelve, thirteen, fourteen—the last three books—he had already died. Died. So, when people were reading this the first time, like, it—he died. It hasn't finished. Like, it was everyone thought that this was over. Like, that never going to get the end. Um. And then they handpicked Brandon Sanderson and uh, apparently Robert Jordan had ri- written enough notes um, that basically a lot of the last three books are still all Robert Jordan's writing. It's just that Robert Brandon Sanderson had a piece to get the pieces, uh, but it's still him. Um, so, but it's still like, could you imagine reading this back in the 90s and then the author dies? <laughs> like, <laughs> like no. Yeah. So, um. A lot of people did get that's through that,
2: rap.
0: yeah, that emotion yeah. that, uh, yeah, that, that you're talking about. But yeah, so yeah, um, yeah and 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 Harriet, um, uh, Robert Jordan's wife, did handpick Brandon Sanderson to to finish him. I think we talked about that before. But yeah, so anyway, so yeah, that's that's the end of this chapter. <laughs> so let's take a quick break because i need a real break this time um, yeah. last time yeah so i need actually a real break i know it wasn't long this chapter but need a break and we'll be back in let's say 10 15 you can play some more share guys if you want whatever you guys want we'll be back in like 10 minutes or so so anyway see ya so chapter 29 sean chan um, and the image uh, Icon, you guys Are all over the place You get, you find out what it is in this chapter It's the helmet um, That uh, they, they describe Later in the chapter um, uh, I thought we, we knew
1: uh, You guys this, were yeah, Did we so. end up hanging? They were like sea samurais Yes,
2: like,
1: yes a, that's, yeah. that's exactly mm-hmm. what they are That's what I'm looking at
0: Sure, sure. okay, yeah, so you got it Yep <laughs> So It's a Sean Shen helmet. But <laughs> yeah.
1: blend in the wind column. Yeah.
0: Sea <laughs> Samurai, Samurai. Yeah, Sea Samurai. Say that five times fast. Sea um, Samurai. Sea so, yeah. Samurai. Sea Samurai. Sea Samurai.
3: Samurai,
1: Samurai. Sally sleeps <laughs> with Sea Samurai from Sea Shan. on the Seashore.
3: Sean Shen. Oh, um,
0: so. Sean so, yeah, so let's get right to this. Uh, this, this episode or this chapter um, So instead of going Right to talking about the Sean Chan we're going to go right to the White Cloaks Because we haven't talked to the White Cloaks in a while um, we're, we're back With Jeff from Bornhold and Do you guys remember Bornhold?
1: Yeah, yeah. He's kind of high up yeah. but not super high up And then he He's been Trumped in power by these Inquisitors or questioners or whatever they are
0: Right like so he was we were ordered
1: the, to obey them. right?
0: Yeah, so like really early in the book, they had a little section where he was told to go out towards the Almuth Plain, which is near Toman Head. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was upset about it. He's like, go meet people out there and they'll tell you what to do once you get out there. And that was really early in the book. So now we're back in his perspective. He's out there and he's going to this village and people are dead. There's dead bodies everywhere. They've killed tons of people. They go past a bunch of gallows. Um, there's like 30 bodies hanging from the gallows, like kids and women. And and Bornhold's actually really upset about all this. He's like, you know, I, I hate a dark friend just as much as everybody else, but this is absurd. Like, you know, like you guys are abusing the crap out of your power. Like this is not right. And Born, you know, and, and remember, if you remember all the way back from book one, Bornhold was the one who was the grandfatherly figure that came and in with parents. Pa- when captured parent, yeah.
3: Yeah, captured so, parents in the way.
0: Yeah, but he definitely has like a not necessarily soft spot, but like definitely is more of a practical type person. Is like uh, I'm I was all about
3: justified and fair. He kind of comes yeah. off that way to me,
0: right? But it's obvious that the questioners are leading the way, and and you do whatever they say. Um, and and you know, and Bordehold actually asked, you know, whose work was this? Was this and uh, you know the Shanshan's work that they killed? You know, they killed his people, or was it? And you pretty much found out it was the questioners that did it all. Um, that, that so they, fucked up. Yeah. Um, and he's he's pissed. He's not happy about it at all. Um, but he's a full-on so,
1: army.
3: He's a military man and his objective was to right. obey the questioners. Point blank, period. He's going to remain loyal to his commander and he's going to do what he's told. So, right. that sucks. Right.
0: Yeah. So you know, Bornhold orders them to cut them down. He's like, "Go ahead and cut them all down, you know uh, and he's looking at the people in the in the village, they all look defeated. you know I mean let I me, mean, they have been defeated, but they look depressed. I mean, these people have been completely destroyed. Um,
1: like even if they were your enemy, this isn't an enemy to fear anymore, and it's not an enemy to keep beating down like they're right. defeated
0: right, they're defeated they're, you're, you're, you've won. Uh, there's no, there's no sense of staying here and keep on killing more people and doing what you're doing here. Um, so let's let's talk about this opening scene and what your thoughts are. I mean, obviously you get this idea that stop, uh, but let's talk about it.
3: Well, it said like there had been slight resistance here. Only half a dozen dwellings gave off columns of smoke. Ian was still standing, he saw white plastered stone like almost every structure. hmm But then you yeah. get the there were small bodies hanging there, elders. Even Byer stared at it in disbelief. We know Bayer was the one that kind of a jerk. Yeah.
0: And Bayer was the one that was like like he was into the torture of a Guade and Parent when they were captured. Mm-hmm. So he yeah. is kind of the jerk even hit, even he's kind of taken back like
1: this is messed up guys um, well he he was okay with uh muffing up Perrin and Egwene, but he, he was convinced at the time that they were dark friends
2: correct.
1: and so he felt like he was just in doing that but right. when he questions when Bornhold questions buyer and he was like um and children buyer did children become dark friends uh, and Buyer gives the, he toes the line with the answer in words. He says, yeah. the sins of the mother to the fifth generation, sins of the father to the yeah. tenth. But he looked right. uneasy. Buyer had never killed a child. But yeah. this also speaks to, so Buyer gives the correct, not the morally correct, but as far as, you know, the their, company line. The company <laughs> line. He gives the company line, right? And even though we can read the emotion of Bornhold, and he's clearly pissed about this, he never in front of anybody else flat out says, this is wrong, this is messed up. Like, he asks questions, and just everybody's afraid to not toe that line. Like, yeah. and, if, and if Bornhold eventually, well, as we find out, if, if he steps outside that line, uh, there's going to be some serious consequences, Cause very clearly, yep. like they this this group yep. of white folks don't put up with people thinking for themselves and going their their own way.
0: Right. So yeah. So he tells them to bring a prisoner because he's trying to learn more about these Shan Shan people. Um, he's heard rumors left and right through all these villages about these Shan, Shan people that they fight with monsters and with Aes Sedai. And he just, he believes half of it. He's like, you know what? I don't believe all this crap that you're giving me, but um, apparently there, there's people that came from somewhere and no one knows really where, and, 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 they're probably all dark friends anyway, cause they fight with the one power and that means they're dark friends. So, uh, they're the enemy and he wants them to bring a prisoner. So he question someone about the Shanshan and while he's waiting for this prisoner to show up, a message comes from the questioners, um, from, from um, I think it's recorded. Um, that's that's who sends the message uh, that's not the messenger, but that's who sends the message and, K- and the, yeah Car- yeah Carden and um Jacob Carden and um and and um and commands him to turn back away from Tomman head and head back to the middle of nowhere and start messing with more villagers and Bornhold's pissed he's like that's not where the fight is that's not we don't need to be going out to all these little villages and and messing these people up. Um, we need to focus on these people that have come that, that everyone's talking about that are obviously dark friends.
1: Yeah, and he's he needs to be careful. Uh, obviously, he knows this, but everything they do is getting reported back to the questioners. Because obviously, yeah. the questioners have had time to relay this message back and say, hey, you need to get mm-hmm. back on the uh, the train here and get to doing what we told you to do.
3: Right. Yeah.
0: So what are your thoughts about all this? Inquisition.
1: Inquisition. I
3: think it's it really... <laughs> it really sad. Like this this chapter, this first part like depressed me a little bit. I was like, man, George just took like a wicked turn out of nowhere. Yeah. It's just I like, cut them down and make sure the villagers know there will be no more killing even Warren uh, Hall kind of, as he said it wearily, he was defeated. And he knows, mm-hmm. Like as you read through it, there's no dark friends out here. Like, if anything, yeah. they are the dark friends. Yes. Right.
1: Yeah. Questioning we which know side you're actually on. We, like, this is a pretty big moral. We
2: know,
0: we know at least one, the man who calls himself Um, uh, We know at least one white cloak is a. A dark friend.
2: Yeah,
0: we haven't heard from that in a while. Yeah, the man who calls himself Bowers. We or don't. We Heavley. don't know who he is.
1: Say, or have we? Who knows?
0: Uh, we don't know who he is. Um. Yeah. So, yeah. So you know, Bornhold's super suspicious of the questioners and super suspicious of their motives and like what's going on. And pretty much, he decides like he's going to disobey the questioners and just say, "Screw it, we're going to head to Falme." Um. And Falme's on the uh, on the uh on Toman Head. He said, that's where the Dark Friends are. That's where these, so- these Sean Chan people are. We're gonna head that way. And and this section ends with the prisoner coming in, and they ask him, you know, they said, like, hey, you know, either you answer our questions or we're gonna give you back to this guy that's all like grizzled and messed up because Dark Friends captured him one time and tortured him. Um, and we end this scene, not the chapter, but you end this scene with. You know, the prisoner about to spill his guts and cut to something else. (laughs) So, yeah, so that's the end of the White click scene. So, thoughts? I mean, you said it's depressing, yeah. But what's your thoughts on, like, Borhold? I mean, he's pretty much said, like, he's going to disobey the Order.
3: I mean. I think that's what surprised me the most. But I think he realizes that they're being used and that they're being turned into the evil to perpetuate this connotation that they're the white cloaks are actually needed oh. in that land.
0: Say that one more time. Oh,
2: you
0: cut out for me. Mm.
3: I was saying that. Oh, now I gotta go back. Oh no! Hopefully, anchor caught most of them saying that um, I really he realized that he was being made out to be the um, the evil one and essentially he just got fed up with it and he decided he'd take his energies and go elsewhere and that he would put his focus where it needed to be um, mm. I said it's so much nicer beforehand <laughs> <laughs> He didn't want to be considered the dark one and I think he's just kind of decided he's going to do what was right as a white cloak, but maybe not necessarily right overall. But
1: hey. Yeah. yeah we're, we're moving forward. We're going to yeah. have definite, definite uh, gotcha. divisions within the white cloaks. I don't think this is a small thing. I think this is a pretty big stepping out of line yeah. for him and he's got to know that. So he's he's either gonna have to answer for it uh with his mm-hmm. life or some pretty serious reprimand. I mean, the way these folks are going, by doing this, he's being he's risking being labeled a dark friend himself. Um Yeah. Mm-hmm. And potentially depending on which way he runs, yeah. I mean, he could he could end up being uh um an ally to you know, the rest of our merry band of bandits that are romping around this world, so... Oh. Who knows? Okay. Unless he's Bores. Okay. In which case, fuck, like, okay. I don't know.
0: Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, so then we cut to a completely different character. We go back to our good old friend, good old Bill Dovin, our sea captain, who, when you guys first met, thought he was a dark friend. Do you guys still still think you know,
1: nope. dark uh, right now <laughs> it's between him and Elias who who I trust the most. I think uh, he's pretty cool. Mr. Doman's the man.
2: Mister
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, Bill Doman's awesome. Um, but yeah, so it cuts to him. He's on the ship. He is was well, sailing towards Toman Head and realized it was a bad idea and turned around and the ship's chasing him um uh, and it's a Chen ship and you get a kind of description of this giant ship and it looks like though the way you describe it to me it looks like a, a Chinese yeah. junker um if you've ever if you ever seen an old Chinese junker ship they call them junkers um they're these giant ships with the rib sails um um that they don't really sail anymore except for like just for show and stuff like that but like they're really this cl- this very foreign design of a ship if you were from, like, a junket, sorry. Thank you, Zulfur, for, for not junker, junket. Yeah, uh, but, um, but they, uh yeah, they're just very foreign design if you were, like, back in, let's say, medieval times or even renaissance times and you had, like, the stereotypical tall ships and then you had the Chinese junkets. They were just foreign ships, but, yeah. That's how I picture them least.
1: sure <laughs> thoughts on this yeah
0: so anyway so yeah uh, sure yeah, thank you thank you for sharing me um so yeah so i just knew this so, was be awesome
3: chapter So Bill's, this Bill's like, it was all about seafaring and, yeah um thinking about the the junker yeah. and everything and I, again me knowing nothing about ships i did find it interesting that uh Doman was just like, "Hey, sure. take her close in. That ship won't dare enter the shallow water. Sprays can sail." So he's assuming that it is—I I don't even know what to call the type of boat, but a, a boat with a, a deep bottom. Yeah. Not, go ahead. Sure. So, so
0: yeah. So Bill's boat, Bill Dovin's boat, is is traditionally a river boat. I mean, he talked about that in previous chapters where the the, the crew is really nervous about taking it out to sea. Because it's a riverboat and riverboats traditionally have shallow drafts and what a draft is for people that are seafaring people like you and I, it's just how deep the, the water, uh, how deep a draw or how deep you need how much water you need to go through um, how deep the boat goes into the water. Um, so a big ship needs more water. It needs to be deeper water because it has more boat underwater than a than a shallow draft boat, like which a would barge that has more surface uh, area. That was more
3: question than a statement. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So like barges don't necessarily draw as much, um, but they're not really seaworthy either. Um, barges yeah. are usually meant for inland.
1: Um, you take them move the cargo. Um, once
0: you have the big cargo, yeah. Yeah. Um, when you're in deep water, when you have big waves, you want a big draft because that breaks the waves up. Because um, when you go in the open ocean, you need a deep draft just for the wave purpose because you have giant waves up there. Anyway, so he can go close to the shore. He's trying to go. He's trying to run for the shoals uh, and go, go inland. Um, so the, hopefully the boat can't catch him. Um, and the wind's really crappy around him. He notes that, except the boat chasing him tends to have a ton of wind. Around it, but he has no wind, and yeah, it's I, just really frustrating.
1: I know that um, because actually, uh, yeah. what other boat have we experienced this with? When the ladies were taking their boat down to Tarvalon, they just had perfect wind the whole way, and that clearly wasn't by chance. This was something mm-hmm. that the octodai were, you right. know, using the power to help them along. So, ding, ding, ding. That's a, right. a whole another layer of oh shit! If this is unfolding
0: right and Bill's heard of, from other villages they read with about this Sean people that they can channel they have channelers and that they have monsters same thing the um, same kind of thing that they had heard from uh, uh, that that Bornhold had heard um, he's heard some of the rumors too um, and he's just trying to run away he's like I don't want anything to do with them um um uh. And, and apparently at all these villages, people are talking about how they're just coming in and making them swear oaths and then taking all the women. Um, and then some of the women they keep, some of the women they give back. And it's just really strange, but some of the women just disappear. Um, and they're also putting new people in charge of the villages. So that's another thing you get as well. It's like they're coming in, they put, they take the old management out of the village, put their own management in, take all the women, test him or whatever, send him back and uh, just a really strange culture. He's not really sure what to think of them. He just wants to avoid them altogether. He wants nothing to do with them. So he's trying to run away. I'm
1: trying. To uh, <laughs> yeah, trying and failing. <laughs> the narrator steps in, oh, <clears throat> but he didn't get away. <laughs> in fact, they caught they caught <laughs> him moments later. <laughs> oh, shit.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So as he's trying to make his way away, suddenly the whole sea starts erupting and fire all around him. Um it's not hitting him, but like this the seas just burst up in flames all around him. So Bill's like, Okay, yeah, we're 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 toast. Let's go and stop. So he orders them to turn into the wind, which for those that don't know, when you turn into the wind it stops your boat, uh, if you're a sailor. Um uh, and lower the sails. Um so they do that, the boat comes alongside them, they send a long boat out, and we meet our first Sean Chan when they come aboard. Um, and you get a description of this ornate armored soldier that comes aboard. It has a helmet that looks like an insect head, has very ornate armor, has a curved sword, just um, very, very foreign, but definitely armed to the teeth.
3: <laughs> it says, a- so, I really I, I like this portion um, a whole lot more. Not that I didn't like the information about the ship, but to you know have that overview of the longboat and everything, and and to just kind of learn about the the boats is really cool. But then to get into the the armor and the fact that there's this whole concept that they fight with monsters. The seashin themselves were monsters. The helmets looked very much like some monstrous insect head with thin red plumes like feelers. The wearer seemed to be peering out through uh, mandibles. It was painted and gilded to increase the effect. The rest of the man's armor was also worked with paint and gold. Overlapping plates in black and red outlined with gold covering his chest and ran down the outside of his arms and the fronts of his thighs. Even the steel back of his gauntlets were red and gold. Where he did not wear metal, his clothes mm-hmm. were dark leather. So there's just... And then, of course, the swords. Two-handed sword on his back with a curved blade and scabbard and hilt black and red. So they, like they put a lot of thought into the armor. They put a lot of details, very ornate. And everybody kept assuming it was a male... And, of course, then the armored figure removed his helmet, and it was a woman. That makes perfect sense, because one right. man is going to accessorize that well, like, all the way down to <laughs> 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 Yeah, yeah. Us that's,
0: that's guys, uh, yeah, we don't accessorize well at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um so yeah so it is a woman and bill it, bill doman is completely taken back by that because i mean he's heard of Aiel women but they're all crazy is what he says but like a woman soldier like this is crazy um and but he's also more shocked that she looks normal like uh, besides the fact that has a little weird haircut but like as a normal person he's expecting like some kind of monstrous person like because of the stories but just normal people um, you know, other people start removing their helmets as well, and they're all obviously different races and different people. Some have blue eyes, some have brown eyes, different color hair, like they're just a very, very um normal people. Um, but they pick Domin out as the captain and start asking him questions. Um, uh, she comes over uh and starts talking to him. Her speech is slurred. Uh, That's another thing that's interesting about the Shanshan is they have this, like, so it's not said in the books at all. But when interviewed with Robert Jordan, he said that they have a certain speech, but it's a Texan accent is what Robert Jordan said. So if you can imagine a steep southern Texas drawl with slurred speech, so like a drunk Texan is how they sound.
1: (laughs) Well, we've we've got a couple... Texans in our Discord, so maybe after this, we'll get them drunk and have them hop in the chat, and we'll just listen to them and see what it sounds like.
0: This sounds like uh, not, that's what a Sean Sharon sounds like. Uh, so. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, and and they ask me, the first question they ask is, are there any women on board? And so it's like, nope, no, I don't have any women passengers, not my crew are Um, Don't have any women here. And then a woman comes up that's leashed to another woman. So, has a collar around her neck. um, And the one wearing the collar has a really plain gray dress on. And the other woman has these light bolts on her, her dress. um, And they're colored, which is very foreign and strange. So I, what's your thoughts on this? I don't know. Okay.
3: Like when I read this part, I was like, what, What is the significance of the the lightning bolts? Um, First off, it was like, what is the significance of the woman that's like, oh, man, there was something I missed. Where was it? Of the the collared woman? Yep. Yep. That was what I put in my notes, but I can't find exactly what I highlighted. So the collar woman wore dark gray and stood with her hands folded and her eyes on the planks under her feet. But I was just, like, wondering why they had her collar and what the deal was. and Like, this kind of was a little sadistic, I guess is the word I want to use. I was like, this is, this is kind of strange. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, having the different bolts and things. And I was like, these Kind of reminded me like some weird Amazonian something or another. So my mind right. kind of went all over the place. Like this isn't right. These people are weird.
1: Yeah. And me yeah. you... Go ahead. My, my mind's already thinking. All right. Uh, these women that are collared, chained, whatever. You know, they're the same as or the equivalent of like Isidai. They can channel. They're the ones that are, you know, cracking the lightning and creating the fire and all that jazz. But the, the power with the Shaunchin is that they've found a way to control them. Uh, so this can't just be some regular old, you know, collar they're putting on there. There's there's gotta be some significance to it. Yep. Um I don't know yeah. if it's special material or just something that has been I, man, I don't know. Yep. And she and, and this woman that comes
0: up, introduces herself, she's the Captain Aguinan. That's her name is Aguinan. Um, she says she's not of the blood, which I, I I highlighted and asked you guys what you guys thought of this. She's talking to them like they should already know what all this means. Uh and Bill Doman's just like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but like about like I'm not of the blood, but I have this woman. I paid I paid a good I paid a good fee for her. Um you know, and she's my, uh, at the, you had a new word. It's called a Demone. Um, that's what they call the, the, the woman that that hype. Has, yeah. Demone. Demone. And that's, um, that's the the one that has a collar around her neck. And so it's, they paid for her. So, um, so I had a question mark slavery question mark.
1: Yeah. That's, that's what I wrote in my notes too. <laughs> um, And so now also they're going around and they're collecting up all these women from every place that they go to. Mm -hmm. So assuming this is part of their like slave trade, if you, if you, if we're calling them slaves, um, instead of going to the white tower, they go back to their home country and whatever process it is there to, um, you know, sift out the, the females that can actually channel, and then raise them up, not to be powerful eyes to but raise them up to be slaves.
2: Yeah. Hmm.
0: Yeah.
3: You hit the nail on the head for that one.
0: Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, and then he asked, he even asks, are they eyes to die? And gets
3: backhanded. Mm, and, that was hilarious. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> smack right in the face. It's like do not ever use that word. ice to die. They are the least. They are the least ones. Um, that's what
3: it wasn't like. Smack. It was he never saw the casual backhand blow coming. He staggered. As her steel backhand. gauntlet split his lip. So he didn't even see it coming. Like it was just literally like I'm there and now I'm on my ass, which I think is balling.
1: Yeah, you done did fucked up, a a run Yeah. <laughs>
0: And then she immediately starts going about talking about the return. She's like, you know, you guys are supposed to be waiting for the return. And he immediately thinks back, like, are you talking about Arthur Hawkwing's armies that went across the ocean? Like, when, like, that's all just a rumor. Like, no, you guys aren't Arthur Hawkwing's army. Like, what are you talking about Uh, from thousands of years ago? Um, So
1: to obey, to await. And to serve, your ancestors should have remembered.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and she,
0: she orders them back to Fame, Says, "Turn back your boat, go back to Faume. As long as you are just a merchant guy, we'll we'll, we'll inspect your boat, It'll ask you a few questions. As long as you swear the oaths to to yeah to obey, to await, and to serve, and everything checks out, you're free to go. We don't care. Um, and Doming." Protests a little bit, but realize he really doesn't have any cards to play. I mean, he's doesn't have much for choice. Gotta, so,
1: yeah, yeah, got to go with it now.
0: <laughs> yeah, so he sails back. They put they put a guy on his boat to you know to, to make sure he you know and they escort him back. And he starts asking the guys some questions. Over time, he he kind of answers some of his questions, but other things he definitely gets pissed off about because he asked he asked about the debate some more and guy put puts a knife to his throat or a sword to his throat, then like, yeah, you don't talk about that. Um, I'm not even allowed to ask about that. So yeah. Um, the thoughts like before we get to Fame, before we get before we pull into the harbor there, like thoughts on this whole initial introduction to an, yet another culture. So this is out of left field. Like we've heard of we've heard of Aiel in previous books. We've heard of, you know, all these other cultures Illuminators, we had hints of Illuminators. This is coming out left field. Like, Sean Chan, boom. Like, we've had hints. Like, there's been lines in the previous chapters about, like, strangers have landed on Toman head, and there's rumors. that it's, there, There's been talks about that in previous books, but, like, this is a whole new culture.
1: And, and, and it's people that it's not like every once in a while they would come and visit. They were completely detached, and they were gone for... We were saying a, a thousand years. A thousand years,
0: this,
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, man, and yet another example of kind of what I was talking about in the last chapters. Um, you know, if you wind back far enough, uh, let's say these are Archer Hawkwing's people. You know, go back a thousand years, and you know they're all on this. We'll call the land. You know the the main area that all these folks are traveling around on, and when they first leave, probably everybody's retelling of the stories and events that unfolded were somewhat similar. But as enough time goes by, you know that changes and it changes and changes, and people might remember things differently or have a different perspective or a different piece of the puzzle. And whereas the IEL would every now and then dip in, uh, so there was some overlap these folks have literally been out of the picture for a very, very long time. So, it's no surprise that uh, not only are, like, culturally they just wildly different. Um, yeah. But, like, this captain's expectations of, of what these people should and shouldn't remember. Um, yeah. I don't know where I was going with that, but, yeah. just Yeah. Clear, clearly, they're not uh, seeing eye to eye on the way things should be
2: mm.
0: yeah so now we get to fall day so he's coming in there's more and more shan, shan ships ships as he comes in he starts to try to count the amount of ships in the harbor and he loses count after 100 and there's more than twice that like so there's a ton of ships like that have come in um, I mean you're talking about at least 200 ships and these are giant ship gigantic ships so it's an entire invading force that uh, you get the whole picture that this is not a small detachment. This is an invasion. Um, they, they're sailing up and they see the towers, uh, that overlook the Harbor and they're called, uh, uh, the towers of the watchers of the waves, uh, which if you remember back from the Moraine chapter, there was something about the watchers of the waves, and the prophecies. Um, i don't know if you remember yeah. that yeah, yeah yeah yeah. and there's a caged man hanging from uh from one of the towers and dumb and ask about that guy he's like what's up with the cage guy and he's like oh um that's uh that's that's the the watcher um so if you if you, uh, this is not really spoilery so the watcher is the leader of the town he's like yeah it's not the first guy though." Yeah. the watcher we killed him eventually so we elected a new guy and put him in the cage and then when he dies, we'll elect another guy. And put him in the cage. <laughs> like, um, because they were watching for the wrong thing. It's their punishment.
1: Damon's De- like, shit, this is pretty rough. <laughs> they they forgot when they should have been remembering. Like, none of that shit is helpful. Clearly, no. you've got these people's attention. Why don't you just re-educate them real quick and be on your way? Yeah. <laughs> nah, we're just exactly. going to torture them some. Some. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, hey, r- real quick, um, as you were talking about where they're going, uh, I remembered that Tome and Head looked like a penis. So I went back to look on the map, and I just realized that is it Falme? Falme? Mm-hmm. Falme? Fal or Falme?
0: It's on the, some people yeah. pronounce Fal. Some people pronounce Falme. I I, pronounce yeah. it, I don't know. I probably can look at the right pronunciation, but yeah, whatever.
1: So whatever you want to call it, Falme is uh, clearly a genital wart on the tip (laughs) of Toman Head. So this isn't the kind of place I think I would want to live. It doesn't
2: seem
1: seem too appealing to me. Anyways, back to the
2: story.
0: So we get to the dock, and on the dock, there's a creature that's gigantic that has three eyes. We, we we might have seen these things before.
1: I don't recognize it.
0: You didn't recognize it? No. What three what three eyed creatures have we seen before?
1: I have no idea what you're talking about.
0: The Grom. Remember the thing that Rand shot when he's in the Portal World? What? Remember the things that that that, that uh in the Portal World where they were They were running towards the exit, and those pack of Grom started chasing them. The frog-like things with three eyes.
1: Like David Grom? Like Foo Fighters?
0: (laughs) They're called Grom. The
1: three. I know I'm fucking tro- with you. Tro- yeah, tro- I, yeah. I, 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 I obviously remember. I was. Just, I wanted to see how long I could get you to to describe no. them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You'd be like, "What do you mean you don't remember?" Jesus, guys, what are you doing? <laughs>
0: <laughs> like it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so one of them is on the dock, and some guys control it with hand signals. So hence the monsters. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Now let's let's go way back, Chris. Let's back it up many, many episodes yeah, when we were theorizing. It. We're
3: listening to you.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. in, in that mirror world, we were trying to figure out. All right, what are we actually looking at there? And like Loyal told us, well, that was one possible outcome. You know, of you know, time like one choice done differently or one thing changed and that was a possibility. Well, with these grooms running around and the earth scorched and everything, um, you know, maybe in that world, Arthur Hawkwing came back sooner. Or I guess maybe even looking at the tower and it was not the hawk on there, but the, whatchamacallit? The raven. You know, maybe that's an existence where Arthur Hawkwing never... Left because he got defeated. Hmm. Yeah, and I don't know. Yeah, these Groms. So, yeah. so yeah. So wait, 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 wait. This is what I was thinking because I wanted to give shit to Celine too. I
3: knew you'd so, say. that's for what I was expecting you to say.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just for whatever reason I couldn't get there from where I started, but um. So she told us she's from one place. But she knew so much about these Groms and she, she felt a little bit too comfortable around that first one that, you know, they're so deadly and yet she was just kind of fighting them off with of a stick. And also we theorized that she was possibly controlling them as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So is she actually from where she says she's from or did she come from the same place as our Shanchen Chen friends? There's, there's some overlap. There's, some, hmm. there's something going on there.
0: Hmm. Hmm. So we get to the next scene, and they're at the dock, and Agedan uh, leads Doman off the dock, up the road towards the top of the hill. And as he's walking up, he realizes that Shanshan chan are completely in charge. Like the locals are still armed and he's surprised Like they still have knives and swords on them. And he even asked about it. Like, he's like, What you're letting locals still have swords. And she's like, yeah, they've sworn the oaths. They're part of us now. And she's like, I'll, I'll prove it to you. Hey, you random, random merchant guy, <laughs> like calls out some guy and like, and de- demonstrates that. Yeah. They're in charge.
1: So well and so then we, we get a taste of what probably our ship captain is gonna have to do in order to go on his merry way. I mean, you gotta have uh all their little sayings down, you mm-hmm. know, as as he's traveling, what do you tell people as you're trading? You know, they yep. must obey the forerunners, await the return and serve those who come home and blah 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 and
2: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and there's more of these monsters and, and Demane and soldiers and everything like that as they're walking up. And um and, and Doman just kind of comes to his conclusion that he's just gonna mind his own business. Like I <laughs> like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna even try to protest at this point. I'm just gonna follow follow along and and, and try to get my get myself out of this situation he's in. So from Doman's perspective, I mean, if you were in his shoes, I mean, I think he's handled it pretty well but at the same time. Like this would be kind of a, it's not a shock, but it's, yeah, it's, it's complete quite world impressive. shift. What'd you say?
3: I said, I feel like it's quite impressive. How yeah. This group of people is like mm, mastered monsters they found a way to manipulate the locals and then to incorporate them into their own personal norms and beliefs and not just again humans but monsters which is awesome and then they're just kind of like walking around happy go lucky about
1: yeah. it all yeah and and the ones that even though they themselves can't wield the power they found a way to subjugate those that can so they can use it for their own selfish means. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: I don't want to fight them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So they reach the top of the hill and it's the largest, I guess, place or in our, I guess the largest building to the top of the hill and there's banners and guards out front and they go in and they get to the, the largest room in the house uh, and, um, and, and a gong sounds. And immediately they drop to their, uh, the, the, again, and drops to their knees and, and Bill Doman does the same. You know, just, I'll just copy whatever you do <laughs> kind of thing. Um, and these two guys come in and you get a description of the first guy that comes in. Obviously, it's like kind of, a, I guess, assistant. And the second guy that comes in is High Lord Turok. Um, And you get a description of him. So uh, his fingernails are long. They're painted. He's wearing these really elaborate, long-flowing robes. Yeah. Thoughts.
2: Hmm.
3: Kind of reminded me of 300. <laughs> <laughs> Am I just 300? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. It's good. Yeah. The
0: long fingernails remind me of Chinese culture. So, like ancient China culture, like they would, uh, lords and especially empresses, and not necessarily men, but women would grow their fingernails out extremely long. And, or they'd even wear like uh, fingernail guards. Um, and it was a sign of nobility when you had long fingernails because you didn't have to do work. Um, so, it reminded me of that culture. Um, uh, if you take a modern, or not necessarily modern, but a, a real world, world example, our world example is uh, it's definitely Chinese culture did that where they grew out their fingernails long. So they proved their status by having long fingernails. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so Agidon stands up to speak and bail Doman starts to rise too, and immediately he's forced back down, like prostrate on the ground. It's even funny. Like Doman sticking his head he's like, I wouldn't even do this for like the highest Lords of like, he's from Iliad. He's like, even if the King of Iliad was in front of me, I I wouldn't do this for him. Like this is insane.
1: Yeah, definitely over the top. And like we mentioned before, you get, you got two cultures kind of coming together here and, the the most powerful one right now is in the lead. So
0: yeah, yep. And they exchange their formalities, and Aegon gives him a present from Bale Doman's ship, and he accepts it. And she leaves. She's dismissed, and Bill Doman's there by himself <laughs> with Lord Tarrak. And Tarrak tells him to rise, um, and takes him into another room. Tells him to follow him. Um and yeah, and you learned what was taken from his boat. So it was the seal,
1: the yin the yin yang thing.
0: Yeah, the seal, the dark one prison seal. Yeah, Remember, made so out of was, what,
1: what do we call that stuff that's like unbreakable? Kundiar, yeah.
0: yeah, So apparently, Turok collects that stuff um, and takes him into this other room and he has a bunch of it everywhere. Um, he likes collecting it and Tom like, you could pretty much buy a nation with how much you have. of it. Um, and he has enough, he, he has another seal too. He puts it next to another exact identical. So he actually, so, uh, the amlin sees, especially the watcher, the seals, and they have no idea what the seals are. Well, two of them are here. <laughs> One's broken that they found the eye of the world. So there's yeah. three, there's three of the seven seals. Um, so we at least now we know three of them, uh, but there's a shelf full of Quill Qu- VR stuff. Um, and then Bill Doman of course, sends up and says, "Like you have permission to take my stuff," and and pretty much gets completely beat down. I was like you can't give what's already been given. Like you don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's this really awkward scene where he's like, "Yeah, I mean, I'll give you my stuff," and it's like it's already been given to me. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> It starts calling him a trader, calling yeah. him a trader as well. So, just what's your thoughts on this whole
1: interaction? Well, I've been mostly quiet because this is one of the sections where we're getting so much new info that I'm, I'm less in a mode of trying to jump to conclusions and figure stuff out, still just absorbing it. I yeah. do think, uh, you know, good on Doman. He pl- he's either really dumb or he plays dumb really well, and I think he plays dumb really well because I don't take him as a stupid person. Yeah, uh, and he plays dumb so well that he kind of pulls it off and um, seems a little bit harmless. Uh, but then at the very end, you know, I I think this this Turok guy. Is starting to see through it at least you know because he's he's starting to ask him about the events that led to him you know finding this artifact and mm-hmm. is trying to dig a little bit more info at him but i mean for the most part um, i think i think doman's doing a good job playing the game
3: yeah Yes, I'm interested in the empress and finding out what's in her collection. Maybe that's where more uh, Quindelar are. Maybe she has the rest of them. Maybe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot going on in this chapter, a lot of description. And we know Jordan's very heavy and he inundates us with that. Part of it is to kind of take us away from the important pieces because he wants us to go back and reread. He wants us to be drawn into the book over and over and over again because each time you read it you see something new you pick something else out and that's mm-hmm. part of you finally knowing what to look for after the first read and then coming back after the second read and going oh I didn't notice that and then it keeps bringing you back in with all these all this depth and detail yep yeah. Um, yeah so I right mean the- good. Go, go go ahead. Finish your thought. So at the end of the day? At the end of the day, like, calling him a traitor is one thing. He's not really trading anything. But then also studying Doman and knowing that there's more to Doman than meets the eye. Very smart of the High Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It, this, this is going to be a, a battle of wits here in this conversation to come.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
0: so the final scene a woman that's wearing basically nothing I mean she's wearing like the thin transparent garb that you can see everything through uh, brings in a black liquid what they call a calf so it's coffee um, if you didn't know what that was uh, um, and he comments on how wonderful the coffee is um, and Turek asks Dovan where he got the seal and ends the chapter with Dovan beginning to try to think inside his head how am I going to lie my way out of call uh how am, I, how am i gonna lie my way out of here um
1: see what had happened was <laughs>
0: what happened was um it, he tries to cover well he's like oh, i collect things that's why i have it and he's like okay how'd you really get it <laughs> so yeah, yeah and that's how that's how we end this chapter um so final thoughts on i, I know it's a whole lot with the shan Chan. it's it's a very foreign um new culture that is strange and it's meant to be strange because it's it's. I think it's meant to be jarring because it's just like you said they, they're just
3: strangers that just show it is it's so, like when the persians showed up with elephants and yeah. they showed so, up in gold with very little anything wearing like it
0: <laughs> so why, why do you think they came back after a thousand years why now it's
3: I mean, with the focus on the um, quindalar so much, I think maybe there's a race to collect as many as they can to gain some type of power. Okay. I don't know. Maybe they're afraid that they don't get them, that they're going to be behind some other group, because now we've got two groups really coming into play.
2: Mm-hmm. Like, ill, really
3: were not that active. And now, boom, they're in play.
2: Uh-huh. And
3: this group is at play. They're both warrior factions. So maybe they're afraid of each other. Maybe there's, I, I don't know. My mind is just whirling, honestly. Yeah. Now, to go
0: back to, <laughs> now go back to, so now Bell Doman and the shanchan they're on Toman Head. Do you remember where Toman Head came in earlier this book?
1: Uh, with Pat and Fane telling.
2: Nah,
0: ran that
1: they're going to meet again on Tome and Head.
2: Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so when when Turok is introduced it says you are in the presence of the High Lord Turok who who leads those who come before and suckers the return.
2: Hmm.
1: And it, they've talked about the return a little bit, but is it just the return of these people to these lands? Or is it the return of a specific individual? are we talking more death? Are we talking the shad taking over the land. Is this talking about the return of the dragon? Yeah. Yeah, sure. That doesn't (laughs) answer my question. (laughs)
0: Uh, We might find it out later.
1: Um, I think it might have to do with one of those things. I don't know. Maybe, maybe
0: we'll see. We'll see. Uh, in the 14 books to come. Um, (laughs)
1: <laughs> so yeah um, like, I, I'm I'm, so weary I know we're reading this and maybe we're supposed to think of the Sean Chen as evil people I mean they've obviously done some pretty shitty things and more than likely they are but I'm still holding this low percentage chance like alright don't immediately label them the bad guys cause shit two books from now they might be fighting with Rand against somebody else even better right? like yeah, we still don't know for sure where where they lie in the big picture.
0: Sure, mm-hmm. yeah, we don't. This is the first introduction to them. Uh, final thoughts on all of these chapters. I mean, uh, we had a little bit of everyone. Uh, we had the Trollocs with Rand and with uh, with with um, with loyal, and then we had Perrin and Matt the Aiel, and then we had the White Cloaks, and then we had the Do we? we. We gotta bounce around a lot this episode, so what well, was your final thoughts on all on, on these whole chapters? Interested in where we're going or
1: um Oh I... definitely. Go ahead. Well I, I mean I was just gonna say um you know a lot of new info, so really just stuck in that mode of absorbing it all. Yeah. Uh, I've tried to make some connections with things, but honestly, I'm thinking in circles here.
2: Sure. I'm
1: curious to find out where we're going with all this. Yeah. Definitely intrigued.
3: Sure. I'm wondering whether or not they're trying to, like, set somebody or something free.
1: Yeah.
3: Like, why else would there be a, a drive to find all the Quindalar? Dead.
2: Mm-hmm. Huh.
1: Like, I, I don't but then they would. Oh. something then that would what? Nope, never mind. Yeah. Never mind. It's good be, I was going to say something stupid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, as we always do every single week now, favorite characters, chapters. We had a ton of characters these chapters. I think I know who my favorite character is, which is probably different from yours, but um, actually, it might not I think be. think it
1: be funny if. Be funny if you and I have the same favorite character.
0: I think we might have the same favorite character, but let's let's go ahead and talk about it.
1: Uh, Chris, you first, because I, I think I went first last time. Did you go
3: first last time? Oh, my favorite character out of all of this stuff, <sighs> you know, Rand actually will go ahead and get some of my my attention this go around because yeah. he finally like unleashed. He's growing yeah, up, beast the beast. He's growing up, so he's actually kind of back on my my good side. He's okay. no longer on my shit list.
1: Oh, Chris, I think I pulled one over on you because I'm uh, pretty sure you went first last time. Also, <laughs> <solid>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, my favorite character. And I'm curious: has this been cast yet? Have they have they cast the? Uh slim, pretty young woman who appeared on quick feet to kneel beside the High Lord uh, basically naked and serving coffee. Do you know who's playing that role yet?
0: No, we have not.
1: (laughs) Okay, well, that's my favorite character. (laughs) Uh, Um, I don't
0: don't think she has a name, but yeah, sure.
3: Um, Yeah, we do. What what was the name that we were looking to fill? We finally filled it.
0: Yeah. Wow. So, so oh, Steve. So, 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 <laughs> my, so mine was uh, probably, probably, probably Urian, uh the IEL, just because I love. He's a the, yeah, he's a badass.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If I was pretty being true, serious in be my collection, but, yeah, that's yeah. a good pick, though.
0: Yeah, the the IEL man. He's he's pretty badass. Just like you want to dance with me? Let's dance. <laughs>
3: I think mm-hmm. if he had actually had some action, he would have been my favorite. Yeah. Instead, so, he like was just waiting to die. Like, no, you can't die yet because you're too badass now. When uh, you die in battle after killing a million Trollocs, then yeah. I'll accept that. Yeah. Like, this is really Rand's uncle or something. So, so they're asking on,
0: on – on, uh... So they're, so they're asking in our chat, Ian So seriously, like, who'd you pick?
1: <laughs> they're asking for a serious oh, pick Oh lordy uh, Serious pick, loyal Yeah, he kind of tugged at my heartstrings He got yeah. a kill um, And then He had a funny moment of clumsily Like, blowing shit up Like, <laughs> yeah Okay, yeah,
0: that's actually a good one uh, Yeah, loyal's you, great Good deal all right, so next chapters, we're doing two next week, and then we're on the three train again for like the next. So, like next week, we're doing two two chapters, and then we're doing for the next three after that, three chapters. So, we're starting to race through towards the end after that. But, uh, the next two chapters,
3: you're going in and out now,
0: Alan. Okay, so the next two chapters that we're going to cover are Days to Mar. Which has the rising sun again. And then On the Scent, which has the rising sun as well. Same chapter icon for both. So the chapter titles are Days de Mar, which is the game of Game of Houses. That's the old tongue for Game of Houses. And On the Scent. So thoughts about
2: that.
3: They're gonna
1: try. Hmm. And on the scent, it gets me thinking about uh, Pat and Fane. Okay. Uh, maybe he catches up to one of our groups now.
3: Okay.
0: And then Days Tomorrow, which is the great game.
3: That- yeah, Days tomorrow, We, I think it's kind of obvious. Um, yeah. Rand's going to get caught up. He's got all these letters now. He got his letter from Celine. He's going to have to now you know, make some decisions because People are going to be after him pretty heavily. And then on the scent, I feel like it's going to be more focused on the group coming back together, especially since we know Matt is dying. Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so in the in the game, the Game of Houses chapter, it could also be focusing on Tom. Because remember, towards the end of his chapter, he was like, No, no, I'm done with that. I'm not going back to that. And Dina was calling him out like yeah, right. You're about to get back in the game. I see what's going on here. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. So it could, could be Tom heavy too.
3: Yeah.
0: Well, cool, cool, cool. So I'll go ahead and wrap it up. So how we can be found, uh, the That's our email. That's our, uh, website, not email. Oh, well, the Will Reads at Gmail is our email, but the is our, is our website. Um, that will take us, take you to our content creator page for the Great Blight, which has all the links to everything, including our social media, which we're at the Wheel Reads at Jeep uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, those wonderful social media places. Uh, also, has a link to join our Discord channel. So you can join us and listen or talk to all of our wonderful fans and people and us that. Every day we talk. So join. First time reader. We have rules for you. It's great. Go ahead and join. It's a lot of fun. Um, and then Patreon. Um, I always have to mention that. Um, as you saw earlier in this episode, uh, if you were listening a week later, uh, if you're a Patreon, you might get free stuff from Ian, apparently, because Ian likes to get free stuff mm-hmm. from one. So we got two people that got free T-shirts tonight because they were in chat when we got started the episode um yeah thanks ian yay that was awesome so yeah made made me happy it's your another incentive to join um it's a dollar to us to us live um costs more for other stuff but for the basic level it's a dollar so um go ahead and join us join us on patreon it's great it's great um uh, our patrons will tell you most of them at least i think we do a good job on giving some content for you guys, uh, so they they love us. And if you love us that much, feel free to give. If you don't want to give, that's fine too. Yeah, we still like just making this episode for everyone. Um, also, make, feel free to review us, share us, um, uh, do all the great stuff on any platform you do, whether it's uh, Google Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts or Podbean or you listen to us just subscribe review us um even if you write bad reviews it still helps with the algorithm um uh, i mean i don't want you to write
1: bad <laughs> reviews but but be honest I'm gonna go write a bad review
0: yeah i mean be honest if you don't like this yeah write a bad review i don't really care I, i'd like the feedback actually i'd rather you have it not in a review but if you want to put it there I'm for it. um you, you can just email me if you don't like it um so <laughs> um anyways um yeah uh, and also merchandise uh our merch store you can find on our website um you can go there there's the links to the merchandise too um we've got more stuff that we're adding all the time um feel free to uh, buy some stuff um uh, it's it's fun um there's some good t-shirts there's some good good frosty mugs and hats and all sorts of fun stuff you can buy there so buy our merch um we'll give away more merch as, uh, as time goes on, but we love you guys all. And that's all I have for this episode. So anything else for you guys
1: until next time. Peace.
0: All right. And that's a wrap. So I guess I'll head over to the barrow for a little bit. Um, I'm going finish. to shower. I
3: need a shower.
0: Okay. I going to head over to the barrel for a little bit and probably finish this bottle of wine and pass out. But, um, I'll head over there for a bit and hang out. So
3: Alright guys.
0: Yeah. All right. See ya.
3: See you later. Later.